Hello. <laughs> yeah, you guys. <laughs> you guys take us up a little bit, man. <laughs> Yo, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Yo, what's up? This is Len, aka the Bat Triple. We're here at uh, Basam, the Black Speculative Arts Movement at Temple University, and I am sitting next to N. Stephen Harris. What's up, Steve? Hey, what's up? What's up, people in Black Triple Universe? Now you have a triple nation, a triple designation. Yes, I am Balagoon Triple. Balagoon Triple. All right, I always got to remember that because you're Balagoon. Yes. And Bill Campbell is Babalu Triple. Babalu, very big difference. Big difference. <laughs> big difference. And then he's gonna hear this and he's like, "I'm not Babalu because I got it all wrong." <laughs> I know. I know. I probably got it all wrong. So, um, so let me ask you. Yes. Your what's your definition of the Black Speculative Arts Movement? Wow, I'm just the black this whole the speculative the whole speculative fiction uh, genre is kind of the well the term is kind of new to me so uh, it's just right now it's just, it's just an, another term for us to use to express ourselves in the medium uh, I guess uh, another genre to express ourselves in the uh, in this in this large marketplace of ideas uh, to um, to share our ideas with people. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's speculative fiction, science fiction, Afrofuturist, superheroes, slice of life. I mean, it's just uh, the, the selections and the, uh, the choices are, all, are becoming uh, more and more infinite in which we have to express ourselves. So it's another expression to do that. Now, it's, it's, you know, it's already been documented mm-hmm. that our voice has been largely absent from the world of speculative fiction right, in general right, right. Uh, or never mind like science fiction and, mm-hmm. and things of that nature um, and we all know the reasons as to why mm-hmm. it's been absent yeah. but let me ask you in your opinion what makes our voice so unique that um, it begs um, having his voice be heard well just just our experience in this country. Uh, it, I mean, right there is is a is a superheroic adventure that can be made into myths, legends, mm-hmm. uh, going back from our height on the continent of Africa, going back to our uh, low depths in the in the continent of North America, and uh, to us rising up again in North America. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stories uh, in there to work from. And to to use either straightforward, as they're told in the history books, or take forward and be inspired from to make uh, a, a fictional, supernatural, super fantasy, science fiction story that you choose to do with. I mean, there's so much out there we can use and we can turn around and to fictionalize and to sensationalize. Uh, we really have no excuse as what not to use or, or why did not why not use something that that comes from our history and co- our culture. Now you are the artist or one of the artists yes. um, behind the very successful comic book series Watson and Holmes. Yes. Which yes. is uh hit the I came I guess it came out in twenty fifteen, right? No. Well or wasn't it in twenty sixteen actually. Volume two? Yeah. Yeah, volume two came out this year, twenty sixteen. Uh but the book debuted in twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Oh yeah. Wow, yeah, was it? Yeah, issue one issue one de- debuted in twenty twelve. I was after, I was there when they 
debuted the I was there at New York Comic Con when they had the uh, black and white issue out, and I didn't. They were just, they, and they, were, they were just a couple tables away from me. I didn't know who they were, and I wasn't really checking them that much until Eric, uh, Eric, my friend Eric Battle, also a comic book artist, uh, came up to me and said, "Yo, Brooklyn Nardi did this issue. Brooklyn Nardi is my favorite artist." Uh, coming back when I was an uh, artist coming up, so and then th later that year, they I, I met the uh, the creators creators of uh, Watch the Homes, uh, Brandon Perlu and Paul Mendoza at uh, Mocha in New York, mm -hmm. and uh, which is another comic book convention that, that focuses mainly on independence and uh, comic books outside the mainstream. So uh, they approached me there to uh, to do a, 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 a issue of Watch the Homes that year, and uh, later that year I did that and. That issue later became uh, uh, Eisen nominated single issue for best single issue. Nice. Yeah, and that was issue six of Watch the Homes, and the whole, the series as a whole was nominated for Eisner uh, for best new series. In addition to winning several uh, Glyph Awards, I think four Glyph Awards from uh, um, from uh, that that right. for in 2013 and 2000, yeah, 2013 it won or 2014 it won. Uh, so it's been lavish with awards. Fair to say. Yeah. Yeah, I guess to say, to say at least. All right, now, are you still connected with Watson and Holmes? Yes. Uh, well, yeah, um, whenever they come... With, with, in, in, yes and no, uh, I'm connected with them as as far as you know, when things come out. Uh, when If he wants to do something new, um, <clears throat> he'll probably ask me to do some more books. Right. Uh, a title or two uh, when, he, when Brandon and Jamie... Uh, not Jamie, um, Paul, Paul uh, are, are able to do that. Yeah. Uh, right now, there's there are things they have in works uh, for in development for uh, TV or movies or so other such. So nice and, and around Watson and Holmes. Yeah, and publishing. So we'll see what happens. I'm not I'm not on the ground floor with that or behind the scenes with that, but they let me know they they let me know things as it comes along. So uh, last I heard is things are in development for that. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Now, right now, I would imagine that your focus is on your own independent project. Which is yes, uh, Ajala, Ajala, yeah, Ajala, and well, I'm still I'm working on uh, on Solar Man too with uh, oh, that's Scott right, Com yeah, Scott that's Comics, right. Um, with uh, Joe Joe Illich, mm -hmm, Joe Illich, he's a co-writer, co editor, or co-writer and co-editor of that book, and uh, and I'm the uh, artist for that book. How's that been going? It's been going fun. I mean, we've been doing signings uh, in New York. We did signing here in Philly over the summertime. At Amalgam Coffee House and Comic Shop, or com I Comics remember and I think House. I was there. Yeah, yes, you were. And we did a, <laughs> that was, a, and we did the Triple Ting. After the, well, you did the you hosted the Triple Ting. Yes. And uh, we were on that show talking about because the incident happened right before we, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so uh, it's been a, a fun ride working on this book, and it's not yet. It's not. It's not over yet. It's uh, hopefully issue three come out soon, mm -hmm. and after issue three, shortly after issue three, is going to be a trade of Solar Man. Okay. Yeah. So uh, issue three is going to be a double sized issue or, or expanded issue, and then the trade will come out. With all right. Combining. So so that way it'll be double sized, so the, all three issues can fit and make a nice sized trade. Yes. Yes. So uh, I don't want to say double size. It's like you no know, size plus a few more pages. So I got you. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, so uh, it'll be that plus some extra artwork added to maybe some behind the scenes, some sketches, some pencil work added, to, you know, little extras to make it worth worth you getting in addition to the story. Dope, man. Dope. Let me ask you this. Yes. I have a question for and Stephen Harris, a uh, friend of Triple Nation, good friend of um, the Triple Nation from it's an long honor ago. It's an honor to be a friend of Triple Nation. Yo, man, you that dude, man. You that dude. You did a fly ass picture of us that it was like, like, yo. <laughs> Sick, man. We about to get. We trying to get that printed up, that like blown up into like this big 
big uh, print, man, for real. It's like sick because I just I think I look real cool in it. So anyway, um, I wanted to ask you uh, on our show we're celebrating all this month Wonder Woman, man. So yes. I wanted to ask you like um, your impressions on on the character Wonder Woman and whether or not you know when you first became aware of her how your feelings on her and whether or not you feel she is a an important icon today maybe even the most important icon of all the superheroes right yeah i did hear your show about wonder woman and um i remember the super friends representation of her but i think my first uh, my first memory of her goes to the tv show linda carter yes linda carter oh linda carter yes <laughs> Let's just uh, marinate on that for a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. I remember the Kathy Crosby one, but now she wasn't like Linda Ooh. Carter. Oh, you're the first one to rep for Kathy Crosby. Oh man. Uh, she okay. was she was okay, but I, she had a, she had a sidekick too, right? I don't know if she had a sidekick. I just remember her jumpsuit, man. Yeah, she had just right in the cape. It was just not happening nah, at all. Nah, she wasn't. She was no Linda Carter. And, nah, nah, because yeah. So I remember Linda Carter and her. You know what? I just realized who you're thinking of. Kathy Crosby had a jumpsuit, uh-huh. like a straight-up jumpsuit and, uh-huh. like, pants. But you said the cape and the yeah. sidekick. You know who you're thinking of? Not the Supercroft heroes. No. Yes. You're thinking of Electra Woman and Diner Girl. I remember them. But I thought I thought, I thought thought Kathy had a little sidekick, too, but she didn't. No, she didn't have a sidekick. Okay. It was okay. just her, just her running around being yeah, a pain see, in the butt. See, we're showing our ages here by going back. Hey, we that's, like, that's like mid-late 70s, right? <laughs> that's not even late. That's not early. <laughs> that's dude, not early 70s. Yo, that's like about 74, dog. For real. <laughs> Real dog. Wow. And the buggy too. Remember the buggy? Yes. Yes. That's the set. Oh God. (laughs) Yes, man. Yes. Count the grays. Yes. We are. We are. (laughs) What's that guy's name? Oh, yeah. We are. uh, Oh gosh. Methuselah. Nah, Methuselah. Highlanders. Oh yes, we are Highlanders. We we can't both be. We can't. We 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 we. Because there only be one. No, we, we made an agreement, so we... <laughs> That's yeah, true. I, I can't cut off Lynn's head. I, I, I'll have Kennedy and the rest of the tribbles after me. And all of Philly, I can't do that, man. I ain't ready for that squad up. Must love. Must love. <laughs> love. But, um, so, so, um, do you think... Where do, where do you think she stands in the, uh, as far as cultural significance here, uh, especially in today's world? Yeah, I mean, as much as I read for diversity in black women in comics, I mean, she's like the, the epitome of womanhood in comics. I mean, even, I, yeah, I mean, because she's Wonder Woman and everyone, and, and, and uh, I mean, she, she she goes back to what the 30s? Or yeah. 40s? yeah, well, the 40s. early 40s, 41. And she and but she and but they reference her back to World War World War One in, uh, in the comics, or this is World War Two in the comics, but the World War One in, in the movies. In a, it's going to be World War One in the upcoming movie, yeah. but in the comics, she was decidedly World War Two. Right, right, yeah. So, um, and, and you no know, women always wanted to see her rep rep right, and well, women in comics, uh, even when they weren't. That, vis- that many visible women in comics, or fans, or people behind the scenes doing the creative uh, work or editorial work. Uh, so uh, she has a very important place in comic history, and needs to, and needs to be represented as such. Yeah. And all the excuses that happened before it was just nonsense. I mean, you can I mean, it's a creative property. How can you say we can't do this? We can't do that. If you want to do it, you do it. Uh, I mean, we, we had the same issue with Black Panther. People say, oh, we can't do this futuristic something because of special... I mean, what? Right. I mean, 
<laughs> I mean, it, now with Wonder Woman, just just get a, a director that's capable of doing it, and prefer, uh, preferably a female director, a lady director, a, a woman director, to uh, handle either directing the scripts or whatever. I mean, come, come on now, this can be done if, it's a, if there's a willingness to do it, and it after and finally there has been a willingness to do it, and it's, and it's done. So um, props go out to uh, the people that got it done for Wonder Woman movie, and hopefully it's it's, it's goodness, it's, it's uh, heads above the. Uh, the reception that other DC movies have, have received. Oh yeah, yes. I, I haven't seen all of them, so I just going by the reception by people. What people say. So uh, yeah, it looks good, but you know, all movies look good on trailers. Uh, but so hopefully this is good. It looks hot, and hopefully it represents well. Hopefully, hopefully. All right, Steven, I'm gonna let you get back to your right. uh, to your hard work here, man. Where are we gonna have some more Jala, man? That's a good question, man. Uh, yeah. That's a good question. Okay. That's a good question. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. But I want to. I want to say soon, but it's 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 uh. Solar out. Man is busy, man. You, yeah. You, it's not. It's not because you lazy. You you busy. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. yeah. So we're trying to make. We you know we're making Solar Man happen. We're trying to make Ajala happen. So hopefully, uh, Ajala next issue, next uh, next uh, uh, installment of Ajala, which we plan to be a graphic novel, happens next year. Okay. Cool. Cool. We look forward to that, man. Mm-hmm. We look forward to you. And all your success and coming and visit Triple Nation more and more. Yes. You know, we'll come up to New York and check you out. You come down to Philly and check us yeah, out. I've been in Philly five times this year, so yes, it's, it's, a, it's a bit much. <laughs> I mean, I usually it's twi- it usually twice a year. That's great. It's been once a year, like last month, five times a year. It's been, it's been, it's been for awesome reasons, so I can't complain. Hey, Amen. That's right. That's right. Don't don't, don't hit on Philly, man. You know, see, y'all New York people. I've been here five times, bro. It's great, man. You know, I, I've been, I'm not going to any Eagles or Flyers games, but. <laughs> but it's been great, man. Ah, we don't we don't want you there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> Bossy. But the people are wonderful. <laughs> Bossy. <laughs> He tried to put it out there like he's the Will Jones, but he's got a junior after his name, so he actually is a uh, Will Jones. What's up? What's up, Will? How you doing, man? How you doing? Man, you breaking my speakers. Breaking my speakers with that voice, man. How you doing? How you doing? Isaac Hayes on this channel. Doing well. Now, Will is the author of the ex-con voodoo priest goddess and the African king, a social, cultural, and political analysis four black comic book heroes now i'm looking at this cover because all the heroes are in silhouette here and you have luke cage that's your ex-con that's correct the goddess is storm that's correct the african king can only be the black panther that is also correct the voodoo priest. Now, this, this, you only have him in silhouette, and he looks like he's got like a little, he's got like a hat. That's correct. He's got a hat on. He's, he's got his collar popped. Yep. And he's holding a skull amulet. Now, that's the giveaway, the skull. So it's not, it's, yo, I know who it is. It's not Brother Voodoo. No, it is not. Oh, what's his name? What's his name? The skull. It's the bull. It's the bull from, from Constantine. All right, there you go. I can't think of his what's name. What's his name now? What's his name? Oh, man. What's his name? He was just on TV. What was his name? 
Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold up, hold up, hold up, Will. Pump your, pump your brakes, Will. All right. Constantine. He was... John Mahonsu played him in the movie, too. I know, man. <laughs> give me a minute, give me a minute, give me a minute. Don't break it to him. Don't break it to him. I can't. My man says Shalaboo. It's not Shalaboo. It's not Shalaboo. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Brother Knight. Close. It's not Doctor Knight. It's Mister. It's, it's something Knight. It's 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 it's, it's, it's Night Black Man. It's 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 Night. Did he say Night Black Man? You three Exactly. Exactly. Those some good characters. Yeah, this is recorded on the show. Copyright. Copyright. Oh, uh, it's it's not Brother. Knight. It's something. It's not Brother. It's not Brother Knight. It's. He who, Father Knight. He no. close. It's not Father, but it's. It's like a father, but <laughs> you're on the right track. Oh, man. Oh, man. You it's, the hook. it's not past it. What is it? It is Papa Midnight. Papa Midnight. <laughs> Papa Midnight. Motherfucker. <laughs> oh. Oh. I hate you, Will. <laughs> I just met you and I hate you already, dog. Will. Yes. Why the ex-con voodoo priest goddess and the African king? Why these four black heroes did you choose to do this uh, very intense uh, analysis of? Well, for one thing, in terms of my own comic book reading history, Luke Cage was one of the first um, black comic books that I remember purchasing. Okay, still got the issue. He's um, fighting Gideon Mace on the cover. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a deep one. Like, yeah. oh, how old is that? Yeah, exactly. I don't know how I got it. It's in my collection. That's the first one I remember reading of uh, a black comic book character. Black Panther, another favorite of mine, another one that goes way back for me. And just the popularity of Storm being part of the X-Men, loving the X-Men. But with Papa Midnight, what struck me was the difference in the way that he was portrayed. Uh, in uh, the Constantine Hellblazer series mm -hmm. as opposed to Matt Johnson's miniseries. Okay, okay, okay. And with all four of them, they all reflected some aspect of the black experience in this country and the world. And also, whether the authors realized it or not, they tackled some deep historical uh, events and meanings. And I just wanted to explore it further. So like with Luke Cage, for example, black male incarceration and experimentation. Oh yeah. So that led me to the question of, you know, is there a history of experimenting on black men in prison? I mm. found that there was. Very much so. Okay. Uh, with Storm, this whole idea of a black woman that is seen as a goddess in her homeland, but then this white guy shows up and he basically demotes her. Yeah, you think about that, right. You know, she goes from being worshiped as a goddess to being part of his team, taking on his vision. Mm -hmm. And the Black Panther is just fascinating because you have a, a king of a fictional uh, kingdom, but at the same time you're asking the question, what happens if Europeans did not you know, invade Africa, or what happens if there's a nation that is untouched by the European hand? Right. So with those things, those are the questions I started to deal with, and the directions that it took me in you know, were very interesting. Yeah? Yeah, it was very interesting for me. To find that, for example, because I don't want to give too much away because you got to buy the book. Got to buy the book, ladies and gentlemen. It's <laughs> here the, at the Black Speculative Arts Movement. One of the things I found was, uh, in the case of Luke Cage, you got this idea of a uh, steel hard skin. So I remember reading that there was a belief that black men would get steel skin if they did cocaine. 
Really? I don't remember yes. that. If you, there, uh, you go back, there's an uh, excellent book called uh, Black Robes, White Justice. Okay. And he talked about it. And I read this years ago, but it always stuck with me that there was a belief that if black folks did cocaine, we would become expert marksmen and we would have still hard skin. And if you had a bullet that was a 22 caliber or less, it couldn't penetrate our skin. This this was a belief. This, this was, was a belief. This was yes. being put forth. Yes, this was a belief. And uh, some people theorize that's when police began carrying calibers higher than 22 because wow. they bought into it. So I started to look at this and said, well, wow, if, if they thought that about us, you know, did these guys, you know, these authors, were they aware of it? So I just, it was so many things that just started to open up to me. You know, uh, this idea of a black woman with blue eyes, you know, this African woman with blue eyes. So I started to look at whether or not that was something that happened, mm -hmm. you know. So I just started to examine all of these things. Papa Midnight story is so intertwined with um, black revolutionary activity. Uh, you go back to um, slave revolts, you know, the great Negro plot. Uh, and it brings us all the way forward to the uh, burial ground being discovered in New York, Lower yeah. Manhattan. Yeah. You know, that plays a role in it. So there's just so many stories. And this is a way to teach the history mm -hmm. and at the same time be entertained, you know, by the content, you know, coming from comic books and so forth. So it's just for me, it was, it was a happy medium. So I love comics, love history. So I was able to put the two together. Now, what is your what is your background outside of as a comic book, you know, collector and comic book fan? Right. Uh, do you have a, a background in like you know history? Yes, uh, history teacher, history professor. Uh, so this was like I said, this was an opportunity for me just to explore it uh, even even further and just bring in that love of comics and tie it in with the academic approach. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that that's what has really been a joy for me. And this is not going to be the, the, the last. I'm doing some other uh, uh, examinations and so forth as it relates to African folk and comics. And also, I have a company called AfrofuturismNet.com. Uh, it's the, the uh, website, but it's called Afrofuturism Network. And we've held a comic book convention. Uh, as you can see, we got the book. We also have a web series on YouTube called Afroverse. And I'm really trying to highlight all of these black creators, all of these black creations because there's a history piece, there's a cultural piece, there's an economic piece. Yeah. You know, and I want to make sure that we're not left out of any of those conversations. I feel you. You know, because right now it's popular where folks are getting so excited with these black characters coming in Marvel and DC. But don't forget about these black creators that were doing it from day one. Right. You know, I don't want them to get pushed out. I don't want them to be forgotten. You know, so that's that's all of those things combined. You know, it's what's driving what you see in front of you today. We um, have, for a long time, had our voices not really felt out there in the world of speculative fiction or right. science fiction, which is why we had to kind of like create this subset of, of our own, this world of our right. own, you right. know, the Afrofuturism and right. everything like that. Um, and we all know the reasons why that has happened, but why do you think that it is? all the more important for our voice to be heard in that space. Well, I think it's important because, once again, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about controlling our image. Um, far too often, people are taking our history, reshaping it, and selling it back to us. And they're selling it back to us in a form uh, through their own lens, 
as opposed to, you know, through our own. So this is an opportunity for us to tell our own stories, retake control, maintain control of our images. And that's what's so important. And like I said, when you add in the cultural piece, when you add in the history piece, you add in the economic piece, you can just see how important it becomes. You're talking about comic books, fantasy, science fiction. This is a billion dollar industry. Yeah. And our story is constantly being retold. Sometimes we're not even in the story. And people are just taking our history and retelling it. And we just buy into it. You'll see, you know, the X-Men, for example. That's that's Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. But we're not a big part of the X-Men. You know what I'm saying? But it's our story. You see all of these movies where our history, our culture, our symbolism is being used. And I just want folks to be able to recognize that. And I want us to receive the credit, maintain control, and the direction that these images go for. I feel you. I feel you on that. That's, that's, that's love. All this month, we are celebrating Wonder Woman. Okay. The 75 years of Wonder Woman. Right. Um, and we're celebrating her as maybe in the world of superheroes, as possibly the most important mm -hmm. cultural icon that there is mm -hmm. in that in that realm. Um, what is, has been your experience uh, in regards to Wonder Woman, and where do you think? You know, she lands in the landscape today. Well, just like with DC, you know, now they have they, they call her part of the Trinity, mm -hmm. and she definitely is. Uh, you look at she's one of the first superheroes to appear on television. You got that very successful, you know, Linda Carter series and so forth that probably everyone you know of a certain age can associate her with. Uh, she has appeared in practically every form, whether it's comic books, cartoons, and now she's getting the feature leak film and so forth. So she's definitely iconic. And she was also important in terms of just what she meant for women. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at uh, that, that era where they depowered her. Yeah, know? from the 70s. Exactly. Yeah, man. And you had uh, Gloria Steinem step up and say, no, you can't do this. You got to give her her powers back. And also, that played a role in bringing Nubia to the stage. Mm -hmm. You had this black uh, woman coming from, well, they changed it so much. It's Themyscira or, you know. Uh, Paradise Island. Exactly, Paradise Island. So, But you also had the emergence of Nubia. So there's so much tied into Wonder Woman. And similar to what the black comic book characters, when you have these women, you have these uh, black characters, when you look at their story, you can also see the way that they were viewed by the dominant culture, if you will. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So you look at Wonder Woman and so forth, you know, her weakness was being bound. So despite all of her power and so forth, you still had all of these comic book covers where she's basically being tied up in these titillating positions. So you saw her being still subservient mm -hmm. to the male despite the fact that she's a powerful figure. And the only way to weaken her was to bind her, to tie her up. So, so much comes through. And these are the things that I want folks to realize. Nothing is by accident. When you have time to see Sit down, write a script, create a comic, go through the editorial process. There are certain messages you want to get across. Right. You know, so whether the characters are women, whether the characters are black folk, you're getting these stories and you're getting these things that folks want to say, but they want to code it, and you gotta be aware. Because if not, they can tell you a particular story, sell you a particular image, you buy into it, and you don't even realize that it may be speaking down to you in as much as they claim that it might be empowering you. Damn. I mean, you were speaking truth. You were speaking like, like it sounded like the word of God. Thanks. The voice. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, man, like, 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 you need to, like, like, be 
Morgan Freeman's stuntless. So, I swear, dog. I swear, man. You're like Jesse Custer, boys and guys. Oh my God. So anyway, um, so uh, you, you said that you were a history professor. Where do where do you teach? I was over at uh, Montgomery College, uh, uh, Maryland, Montgomery mm-hmm. College, uh, Maryland, on the uh, Silver Spring campus. I taught uh, African history. I taught the history of Africans in America, and also taught civil rights history there. And uh, I'm also a history teacher uh, in uh, DC school system. Okay, all right. That's beautiful, man. That's love. Yeah. And how how has the book been going so far? I was first of all just the fact that I finished it. You know, for anyone that has tried to write a book or create something like that, the fact that I finished it was a great satisfaction. It takes a minute. Exactly. Huh? And what has impressed me the most has been uh, the response that I've gotten. Uh, just to today, I had a couple of college students because we're right here on Temple University campus. A couple of college students, we had a great conversation. They had purchased my book and they've been using it for their research. Nice. And you can't imagine, you know, what that does for me. You know, where folks are now looking at my research and using it the same way I've looked at other people's uh, research and used theirs. So that was uh, just a great deal of satisfaction for me. I had another uh, uh, woman approach me uh, not too long ago, and just by chance, she didn't even know I was going to be here. She had a copy on her. Get out of here. Yeah, and just for folks to, 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 to respond the way that they have has just been, you know, a, a great satisfaction. It's been humbling. It really has been. Because... This is my first book, so even the idea that someone with my signature, my autograph on it, that's been weird for me, but it's been great. Dad, that's beautiful. That's beautiful, man. That's love. And um, I want to applaud you on your success. Thank you. You know, wish you all the success with this and with Afroverse and with everything you got going on. Thank you. Uh, William Jones. Now, I don't know if you ever uh, heard of heard of this little little radio show that we do. Oh, for sure. Black Shovels. Yes. But everybody that becomes one, that becomes a guest on the Black Shovels, they give themselves a triple designation indicating where their geek lies and they join our little triple nation. Like N. Stephen Harris down there, he's Balagoon Tribble. We got right. tribbles of all shapes and sizes and colors in here. I think, I'm pretty sure Eric Cooper is a, is a Tribble, but I can't remember. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's probably Mike's Super Tribble. Right. Um, so I want to, I, I, I got to get the voice into the, <laughs> I got to get the voice into the nation, dog. So, um, so but, I, but to do that, you have to come up with a... a Triple designation that indicates where you think your geek lies. Wow, um, that's me. And what's weird is, and, and I know everybody out there that love comic books has done this. Y'all know y'all got your little superhero names. Everybody, got <laughs> everybody, everybody's got, got their own league, dude. You exactly. know that? And I've had so many, but now that you put me on the spot, I'm drawing a blank. But I'm gonna have to go with. Uh, the Afro knot. <laughs> That's what I'm about to go with. The Afro knot. So, 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 we keep it triple here. So it will be the Afro knot triple. The Afro knot triple. That is me. So now, why would? So now you rep, Why are you repping the Afro knot triple? Because I just want to, you know, like they, they they say take it to that final frontier. I just want to expand that universe of, of blackness. I want to expand that universe of black conversation and understand as an Afro knot that allows you to go anywhere in space, anywhere in the universe. 
So as an Afro not triple, that's my goal. That's what I'm trying to do. All right, that's love, man. That's love. I, I, sound good to me, though. But um, to do this, you have to first, first take the triple oath of allegiance. All right, I'm ready. It's official, it's official here. All right. So, repeat after me. Okay. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. From the way I roll to the way I coo. From the way I roll to the ra- to the way I coo. So shall it be said. So shall it be done. William Jones <laughs> is now. So shall it be said. No, you don't have to say that. It's done. It's done. I thought that, I thought I had to make like put my stamp on it. It's done. It's done. I, that's it's done. it. So I'm in. You're in. You're in, dog. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate the Af- it. Afro triple. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us, man. And uh, yo, and people want to get a copy. You know, they can't make it down here to B Sam right. or Basam, as I like right. to call it. The if they want to get a copy of the ex-con voodoo priest goddess and the African king, a social cultural and political analysis of four black comic book heroes where should they go all right there's three ways you can get it you can go on my website that is afrofuturismnet.com click on book you can order it there you can also get it on amazon and you can also get it at barnesandnoble.com there you go there's no excuse go pick up that book all So it's the Black Triple here. We are at uh, the Black Speculative Arts Movement, otherwise known as B-Sam or Basam, as I like to call it. And we are uh, now talking to a very fly artist here. Uh, introduce yourself to the Triple Nation, bro. Oh, my name is um, Artist J, but I spell it J-A-I. Helen from Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. All right, D.C. in the building, man. Now, I'm checking out your art here, and uh, we'll have links to it up so that people can check it out. Um, and it's definitely uh, it's definitely got a lot of energy to it. I'm, I'm really feeling it, man. I'm really feeling it, most certainly. Especially the one little picture you got there. You know, it redid the cast of Martin in, in manga style. Like, yo, that is like crazy, man. Thank you. So is there a heavy uh, manga influence to your work? Um, I guess you could say, well, yeah, I was a big fan of Dragon Ball Z, but before the big wave, like years and years ago. So you're official, you're original. Exactly. Um, but then I, I used to like uh, another um, movie called Ninja Scroll, and I'm, I'm old school. I like Fist of the North Star. So those were my inspirations. You just scratched my nerd, my nerd, <laughs> real dog, Fist of the North Star. And then, and then I was also telling somebody here that I'm also uh, influenced by Bebe's kids. Really? So that's why. I guess that's why my style looks the way it does. Okay, so so that's that's an interesting across you know correlation right there from you know Fist of the North Star and and, and Ninja Scroll to Baby's Kids. What about it with Baby Kid resonated with you so so hard? Um, I guess one I'm black. I could relate to <laughs> the lifestyle. I mean, you know that lifestyle, but just the 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 the, the artistic. Um, how can I put it? How the, the cartoon was made, mm-hmm. it was made in a style that I could relate to. It was black. It was yeah. cool. Yeah. And um, 
ever since then, I, I always, and it's got just like an urban feel to it because I'm from a city. Um, and it's, it's, it's a lot of grit there. Well, it's cleaning up now, but um, <laughs> don't get into that. But, um, but I, I wanted to have an art style that was similar to that. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily copy, but just have my own little urban feel to it, but yet have a, a manga style. Cause that's my influence, so I wanted to kind of fuse the two. Um, yeah. Yo, and it, it's hot. I'm looking here at Blade and the Storm, and these look like these look like these these are new. Do you just do this for the for the convention? Yep, I just did it um like an hour ago. Yo, that joint is sick, man. Thank you. Man. <laughs> Thank you. Damn. And this black, I'm looking black and white. I'm looking like he just put down. The ink is still wet on that joint, man. <laughs> that is. Sick, man. So, so, um, how long have you uh, been like on the the artist, Jay? Like on the professional vibe? Um, ever since um, I'm gonna say 2010. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you a funny, story, <laughs> funny story. So my name is James, but when I was in college years ago, I wanted to flip my name around to Samaj. That didn't work for me because I saw a lot of people doing that. So I said, let me try something different. Okay. And um, I used J A I. And I wanted to spell J because I know you spell made, M A I D. It's got a made. So I said, let me just do J. And um, that's how I came up with the name. But that's been my professional name ever since. Since 2010. Now, does the, now, does the artist. Artistry run in your family? Is this yeah. like is this from like your, your mom or your your father? Um, it's from my dad. He actually just passed on, so God bless him. Um, I just got he passed the talents down to me. Yeah. And so now I'm I'm just gonna keep it going. So yeah, it's from him. That's nice, man. That's love. Now, so what's the future for for your work? Because I see I see the prints here, and you've got Luke Cage, you know. I see, like you got a, you've got the famous Jim Kelly scene from Enter the Dragon. I mean, like, dude, dude, like you are in my DNA, man. I'm like, I'm hating, I'm loving you on it, but I'm hating you on it too. You know what you know about Enter the Dragon, young boy? What you know about Enter the Dragon, young boy? I, well. I grew up with martial, with the martial arts films. My older brother used to play it all the time. So yeah. he played it so much that it stuck in me <laughs> I feel as a kid. So um, ever since then, I've been in the 70s, Shaw Brothers and Kung Fu, old school, uh, you know, uh, martial art film. So uh, if, you had, if, yeah. you had, if you had to be stuck on an island with only one martial arts film, what would it be? Shaolin Drunken Monk. I don't know if too many people know about that. Shaolin Drunken... Drunken Monk. Drunken Monk. Oh, wait a minute. That's not, that's not Jackie Chan. So what's that? It's the guy... Uh, I can never pronounce his name. He was in 36 Chambers. Gordon Liu. Okay, okay. He is... Okay, I don't think it's known, but he's like this guy who's... He, uh, he gets kidnapped... And, um, wait, this is what happened. He's going to break down the story for you. (laughs) Break it down, break it down, Jay, break it down. All right, so his his parents are killed. Mm -hmm. And the guy, I guess his dad is like, I guess the the ruler or abbot of of this karate school. And 
um, there's a there's a seal that belongs to the family, but I guess the next guy in line uh, takes out the the dad. Okay. And he wants to take the throne, and because the next in line is the son who played who's played by Gordon Luke. But so they try to get rid of him, and they, you know his mom dies, and they kill the, the father. So he takes revenge, and he takes the guy who's now the leader. He takes his daughter, okay. and then he goes basically after the whole squad, the whole karate school. But if you're on YouTube, just type in Shaolin Drunken Monk. Now, why is that the movie you're taking to this deserted island? I'm gonna tell you why. It's the perfect '70s kung fu flick. It's got bad voiceovers. <laughs> it's got aw- it's got awesome action, and then the storyline is just great. That's that's just perfect to me. That's it. That's, 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 it. that's perfect to me. That's the recipe. Yeah. Right there. That's it. Bad voiceovers, action, and a decent storyline. <laughs> yeah. And Jay is sold. Netflix and chill all day. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, that's that's like the perfect martial arts move. And and the second in line is Ong Ba. Oh yeah, okay. Ong all right, Ba. All right. That's number two. Alright, that's nice. That's nice. So let me ask you, you are um what's what's the future for the artist Jay? What's what's in the plans, man? You doing you're doing the prints. You got like a, a big a bigger project you're working on? Um, well I am in the process of coming up coming out with a, uh, a comic book. I don't want to give away what the, the actual storyline's about because I'm still trying to piece it together. I feel you. But I'm doing that. I have a children's book that I plan on releasing in the spring. And for those of you who like slapstick, like uh, uh, comedy and stuff, I actually have an online comic called Teeth Brown. <laughs> Teeth, wait. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm gonna say. Did you, did you say teeth brown? But with the F. Teeth oh, okay, brown. Okay, so, so teeth. Teeth brown. Teeth brown. I'm gonna see if I can pull up a picture so you can see it. But it's basically about a guy who's like a nerd. He doesn't look that great. Actually, he's hideous looking. But he has the ability to pick up any woman that he wants. With the. With the. With the. With the. Uh, with the um, what do you call it? Um, a pickup line. Okay. They wouldn't normally work for most guys. <laughs> they work for him. Oh, let me show you one. That comic's not for everybody. First of all, I'm mad that he's called Teeth Brown. <laughs> and then I'm mad at his teeth. If that's what you want to call him. Because my man got bones sticking out of his mouth. You wrong, Jay. You wrong. Like, how do you even draw that, man? How do you draw, like, the picture of Teeth Brown and not just laugh every time you draw his face, though? That was the initial goal. I need people to laugh at that. And it, it started out, I used to do caricatures of people in high school. And then um, I used to like exaggerate their looks, but then I said, you know what? Let me make this into an actual character. And I just decided to do it, and there we go. That is um, that's disrespectful. That's what that is. <laughs> that's really what that is, Jay. That's some that's some piece of disrespectful tomfoolishness you got going on 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 Instagram. I am the artist Jay. Look up Teeth Brown. And and it's spelled T-E-A-F. 
<laughs> so it's like so think t- leaf with a teeth. So it's leaf with teeth. <laughs> that was the initial go. Well, succeed, you succeeded, young man. <laughs> with your time foolishness. Man, this is disgusting. <laughs> I don't even know where to go after that, dude. <laughs> you talk about the progress of people and no, correlation man. to manga and and, and, and art styles and everything like that. But then I got this brother Teeth Brown, right? He could pick up any woman in the world, man. All about his molar, dog. <laughs> he has a lot of confidence. I don't know. Oh man. He has no choice. Damn confidence, man. Walking around. I mean, dude, his teeth. You can't see his face for his teeth, dog. What? Um, <laughs> Does your mama know you make it? <laughs> She's seen them, but she hasn't seen the actual strip. I would not show that to her. No, no. It's for it, it, it's it's for uh, Cartoon Network. Yeah, it's definitely Adult Swim. Adult, there we go. Adult Swim. It's definitely I got Adult Swim written all over it, man. <laughs> but it, but I ain't gonna lie, it's funny. It is funny, man. It, cool, it, cool. And I wish you nothing but mad success with it, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. I really do. So, yeah. That's, that's, that's dope, man. That's dope. All right, man. So, um, so I'm, I'm going to get out of here. Is that supposed to be Mars Blackman? That is him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing Mars Blackman. That joint is sick, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> that is sick. I'm mad you got is it like the slopey eyes, John? <laughs> man, look. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. All right. All right. I gotta get out of here. But anyway, I am the artist Jay, who people can get on. Uh, they go to your website, right? Yeah, you can. Um, you can go to my website. It's um www.iamartist. J spelled J A I dot com and also you can follow my Instagram at I am underscore artist underscore J A I. There you go. Alright, so now all the guests on Black Tribbles, right? They become one with the Tribble Nation that indicates where their geek lies. And to do that, they have to come up with a Tribble designation. Like I'm the Bat Tribble because I'm a big Batman fan. Oh, wow. We have people that we got Super Triple, who is a big Superman fan. We got the um, the writer Brandon Easton, who wrote like an issue of Watson and Holmes. He is a triple called Quest. And Stephen Harris down there, he's Bala. What is he? He's Bala Goon Triple. Will Jones down there, he's the the Afro Knot Triple. Oh wow! And, and Crown, well, she's Crown Triple because you know she she Crown. So. <laughs> So, with that in mind, I want to make you one with the Tribble Nation, sir. But to do that, you have to come up with a Tribble designation that indicates where your geek lies. The Abbott. No, no, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold up. Let me, let me think, let me think, let me think. Now, people get creative with it. We have, um, we have people who do, like, a little Tribble on my chin. No Tribble at all. Uh, so people get real creative. So you can get as fly as you want. We got a uh, diary of a mad black triple. Mm. Um, um, wow, this, this, wow, this is a lot harder than I thought it would be. Uh, hold on. 
He, he got to come right. He got to come right. Those are good. Creator of Teeth Brown, marinating exactly what his triple designation is going to be. He's probably trying to figure, how can I put a big teeth in there? I don't, don't want to use teeth. I don't want to use teeth. Mm, maybe I should be like, mm, nasty fingernail trouble. No, I clean my no, fingernails. No, that's no, not it. That, that's ugly. That's disgusting. <laughs> no, that's 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 ugly. No, then maybe. Who am I? I can't figure it out. What a, what am I gonna do? Oh, this should be easy. Um, it should be easy, yet it's not. As you can see him just percolating right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. His sunglasses steaming up. You know what? Um, I'm going to say Blade, Trouble. My man right here. Blade? Now, why Blade? Because he's badass. Yeah? He's black. He can kick ass. The first, I say, uh, superhero, black superhero to have a, a movie. On my wrong. We're one of the first, anyway. So you know, you're not you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, he he would be the first. He, and really, he was the, the reason. His movie is the reason why they thought that, that they could be successful with um with Marvel uh, superhero movies. Yeah. So he paved the he, did. he paved the way. So that's and he it. came out before Spawn. Came out with, yes, he did. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yes, he did. All right. And he was better. Yep. So, <laughs> let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. <laughs> exactly. Let's keep it real. Because Spawn was black, but then they took his skin away. So, you know, I don't even count him. I don't even count. <laughs> right, right, right. I don't even count. Not at all. That's some bullshit. Right. We ain't going to talk about that. <laughs> all right. So. Oh, man. So, all right. So, but I'm going to make, so it's Blade Triple. That's, that's Fly. But it's not official. Not until you take the triple oath of allegiance. All right? So I need you to repeat after me. Okay. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. From the way I roll to the way I coo. From the way I roll to the way I coo. So shall it be said, so shall it be done. The artist Jay is now and forevermore known as Blade Triple. Nice. Thank you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> it has been an it has been a privilege talking to you, sir. It's been a privilege. I appreciate it, man. Love Okay, so it's the Bat Triple. We are still here at BSAM, or as I like to call it, Bassam. Uh, and we are here with Porsche, 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 Porsche Johnson, penciler and digital artist. I know that because her sign says so. How you doing, Porsche? Doing awesome. That's great. That's great. Now, um, you're here as a, as a penciler and artist because you actually have a couple of books out I'm, I'm seeing here. You have one book that is called Fay. Yes. And one book that is called Cryptic, Cryptic Yume. Cryptic Yume. Yep. So now let's talk about Faye. What's Faye about? So Faye is actually about a Detroit girl um, who actually strives to protect her city from uh, uh, criminals and corrupt people. And along with her alien friend named Dax, they 
strive to protect their city and um, have all sorts of wacky and crazy adventures. It, it, it sounds it sounds crazy. Now 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 Faye is in Detroit. Why Detroit? Is that where you're from? Yes, yes, sir. Um, basically, um, if you ever heard the news, Detroit is actually growing, and you know people are they have full of hope and um, they want to keep their city safe from yeah. criminals and also sorts of negativity. So right. Faye is actually my inspiration because it's based on not only based in Detroit, but it, it also brings a good message to young people. So well, why is it important for you? Because you're a young person yourself. Your voice is not belied here on this audio medium, but but Portia <laughs> is actually a very a very um, beautiful uh, young girl herself. Um, why do you think it is so important um, that Faye, this young girl, is take is taking um, the bull by the horns, as you say? to protect her city. Is that something that you feel is important for kids to do? Yes, yes, sir. Well, you know, it basically teaches not that you don't have to have superpowers to protect the city. You know, you have to have education. You mm -hmm. have to um, have a, a passion to um, to uh, protect the city and, you know, just be a good example to other uh, other people, uh, young and old. Wow, that's, and that's true. And, and, and it's very true that young people can be an example. It's not just the older people that can be an example, right? Right. Yes, sir. So do you try, strive to be uh, an example, a good example yourself? Yes, yes, sir. You know, every day I I wake up and I, I thank God for letting me see a new day. And, you know, I just want to keep that confidence and that passion of art and um, just, just being myself, you know, and I'm just grateful to have family and friends to support me and to keep, keep me on my feet, so. Now, what inspired you down this path of being a penciler and an artist? Well, when I, actually, when I was uh, a little kid, I used to... Uh, when I was a little kid. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> She's all of like what, maybe, like you're like what? 25. You're 25? Yep, sir. Are you 25? Yep. Definitely. You're really 25? I'm really 25. You're really 25? Yes, I would have not imagined you were 25. I, wow. Wow. Well, color me, color me beet red. Because I could have sworn that this was, I was talking, you were, what year were you born? 1991. You're 25 years old? Yes, yes, sir. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, then continue back. I guess when you were a little girl. Shut me up. All right. I just... Here, you just interview yourself. <laughs> you are good. You are good. Thank you. Okay, so you were saying when you were a little girl. I'm sorry. Oh, it's fine. Um, actually, used to draw on um, it was my parents' books, and it was like you drew on your parents' books. Yeah. <laughs> you just be doodling on their books. Oh yeah, like, but the thing is, I drew the characters with emotions and okay. gestures, and mm -hmm. my mom and dad were really impressed by that. So, um, you know, that actually uh. Inspired me to draw my own characters, and then like cartoons such as Hey Arnold, Powerpuff Girls, they're a big inspiration as well. Wow, I like that you say Hey Arnold. A lot of people sleep on Hey Arnold, don't they? Really? Yes. I mean, it's like some people like it, some people are like, uh, it's all right. But me, I, I love Hey Arnold. So, yeah. What yeah. did you love most about Hey Arnold? <laughs> I actually a lot of things, but the one I like the most is um, when Helga is, has a crush on Arnold, mm -hmm. but 
you know, um, she openly, you know, tries to be all tough around him. Yeah. But, you know, deep, deep down, she's a good person, so. Now, I see your, your other book is Cryptic Yume. What's that about? It's actually about a teenage uh, janitor who's shy and has a lack of friends. But in the story, um, she's chosen to defeat the goat man who's trying the to. goat man? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, who's trying to rule the um, Cryptica, a world full of mythico- mythological creatures and cryptids. And um, basically, it's a story about hope, courage, and friendship. So. Wow. So, I mean, you. That that story certainly sounds like it has more of like of a fantasy type of uh, yeah. lend to it. Yeah, a uh, sci-fi fantasy. Do you, are you a sci-fi fan? Oh, definitely. Uh, Star Wars is my number one. Uh, Star Wars, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love Star Wars. Now, now, which because there've been like seven Star Wars movies, so which is your favorite? I'm, I'm gonna have to say The Empire Strikes Back because it actually um, shows not only good versus evil, but it, it shows like internal conflict with Luke Skywalker. So. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to know more about the characters and um, their backstories. So now, what's the fu- what's the future for you and and for Faye and Cryptic Yume? Because it looks like these books are their new releases, fairly new, right? Yes, yes, sir. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm hoping to you know just um, make more series, like an ongoing series, mm-hmm. and just to spread uh, a good message to young people, mostly uh, as I said before, um, hope courage and the importance of friendship so you know it, it, it basically is to show people you're not alone in this world and you can do great things whether you have uh, superpowers or not so you can do great things like create like great books like Faye and Cryptic Yume they really look uh, they look great I'm just Thank not you. even in front they, they look like a they look like works of love that you really enjoy doing yes, doing sir. what you're doing right yes sir does your art, does your artistic talent come from your uh, parents? Were they artists? Well, um, I would say like on my um, my mom's side, and then my dad, he's a genius. So really, <laughs> your, your your father is a genius. Yeah, you know, um, like they uh, uh, write, and you know, my mom's artistic, so I get ideas from the help of them. So that's kind of cool. It's, it's actually kind of cool you say that because. One of the things I've always said say is that my father, uh, who has passed away, my father was the smartest man that I ever knew, and like I've I've yet to encounter anybody as smart as my dad. So the fact that you are repping for your father as a genius, that's beautiful. I co-sign for that. So that's love. That's love. Yes, sir. Thank that's you. Cool. All right. So if people, you know, they can't make it down to Philly, they don't live in Detroit. Uh, but they want to they're listening to this and they want to get cop- copies of Faye copies of Cryptic Yume or they just want to write you they just want to talk to you like yo Portia what's up girl you dope <laughs> like how do they do that how do they reach out to you well I actually have a, a social media um, through Twitter I'm actually working on Facebook but they can reach me on Twitter it's called PAJ Production okay so um, and I'm also working on a website where people can reach me there as well okay pretty cool that's dope that's dope now here comes the hard part uh on my show black triples all of our guests and our fans of our show they become one in our triple nation and 
when they do that, they give themselves a triple name that indicates where their geekiness kind of like lies. Like I'm Bat Triple because I'm a big Batman fan. Um, we have uh, um, we have. Did you watch Luke Cage on Netflix? You know, um, I didn't get to watch Luke Cage, but I'm hoping to watch it this week. Well, when you do, uh, Misty Knight, who was on Luke Cage, uh, Simone Missick, the actress who came from, who was born in Detroit. Wow. She actually, um, I just did an interview with her, and she is officially a Diary of a Mad Black Tribble. That's her name. Wow. Yeah, it's epic, right? Yeah, that's what I said. So, um, so... So and people get real creative with it. We have a writer that calls himself a triple called Quest. We have um, uh, Yohora from Star from Star Trek. Yeah. She is Queen Triple because because she had to be. Nice. <laughs> so with that in mind, I would like to induct you, Portia Johnson, into our Tribble Nation. Okay. But you have to first come up with your own Tribble Nation Tribble name okay. that indicates where your geek lies. So what's that going to be? Let's see, um... What are you most geeky about? You're going to say Arnold, ain't it? I would say that, but... Or Star see. Wars. Like a Star Wars theme, so... Yeah, we have some Star Wars heads. we got an R2 Tribble. We've got a Master Tribble, who's one of the... On our show, he's short for Jedi Master Tribble. Okay. So, people, we got a lot of Star Wars fans. Do you have a Chewy Tribble? <laughs> I don't think we have a Chewy Tribble. Okay. And if we do, we've got another one. <laughs> we've got a Chewy Tribble. I like that. But it is not official until you take the Tribble Oath of Allegiance, okay? Okay. So I need you to repeat after me. Yes, sir. You don't have to call me sir. Okay. Don't, don't let the gray fool you. <laughs> You're not in court. It's an okay. interview. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My name is Len. Just call me Len. Len. All right. All right. It's just Len. It's me. It's Len and Portia. Len and all right. Portia. What's up, Portia? Hey, Len. How you doing? There you go. All right. So, so I need you to repeat after me. Okay. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. I'm a triple true. From the way I roll. From the way I roll. To the way I coo. <laughs> to the way I coo. So shall it be said, so shall it be done. Portia Johnson is now officially Chewy Tribble. Yeah. Welcome to the Tribble Nation. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you so much. This has been really cool. Is this your first time in Philly? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah? I mean, uh, yes, Lenny. It's it. <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. So, um, so are you going to be staying here overnight? Um, actually, not tonight. Um, I leave tomorrow. Oh, you leave tomorrow? Okay. So, have you had a chance to do like the typical things, like get a cheesesteak and soft pretzels and all that type of stuff? I did. You know, we we actually tried uh, one of their sandwiches. It's yeah. real good. It was good. Mm -hmm. So now, let me ask you. Mm -hmm. If I go to Detroit, like when people come here, they always want to get a cheesesteak, they want a soft pretzel, all that type of stuff. Yeah. If I go to Detroit, what should I get? What's the one thing that's distinctly Detroit? No help from mom. Okay. This is you. This is you, <laughs> Portia. What's distinctly Detroit to you, not mom? We don't want to know what's in mom's stomach. We want to know what's in your stomach. My stomach. Well, 
there's a lot of good restaurants in Detroit, but the number one place I'm gonna say is um, Townhouse. Townhouse? Yeah. Okay, so now if I go to the Townhouse, what should I order? Um, I guess you could you could order um like one of their uh they have a good sandwich. They make a good sandwich. Yeah. What do you usually get at the Townhouse? Let's see. Um. Well, I've, I've heard good things about it, but I haven't been myself. How are you going to so. reference someplace you've never been? You can't reference. Well, where do you eat? I want to know where you eat. Uh, I eat at home, Lynn. I, I, I don't got time to go. Right. Where do you eat? Oh, actually, you know what? There is actually this good uh, Chinese uh, um, restaurant. <laughs> it's a good Chinese restaurant. Okay. That's cool. Um, it's called Fu Lin. Fu Lin? And what do you, <laughs> what do you get at Fu Lin? Um, the sweet and sour uh, shrimp with uh, chicken fried rice. Okay. There you go. So I'm, so when I go to Detroit, mm-hmm. I'm going to look for Fu Lin. Where is Fu Lin in Detroit? It's located on uh, Rosa Parks uh, near um, uh, 14th Street. Well, if it's located in Rosa Parks, it's got to be good. Right. Okay, so so that's the soul. So I'm going to go to Fulin, and I'm going to get the sweet and sour shrimp, mm-hmm. shrimp with chicken fried rice. Yes. And I'm going to say, Portia sent me. Yes. So don't front on my shrimp. <laughs> yeah, right. Right? <laughs> All right, I'm going to make it happen when I go to Detroit. Okay. And if, and if it's not good, I'm going to find you. Okay. Because you probably live around Rosa Parks, don't you? I'm Maybe. Be, mm-hmm. I'm just going to walk it up and down the streets of, of Detroit. Yo, Portia! Portia! I'm going to find you, girl. It better be straight. Okay. It better be straight. Your mom and dad back there, like, no, she did not say a Chinese. She said, do not let your mama listen to this interview, baby. You can't let your grandmother listen to this. She she rep for a Chinese food store. That's what you eat. That's right. Hey. Hey. Be quiet. It's good enough for Faye. It's good enough for me. Right. That's right. Thank you so much, Portia. This has been a great time. No Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so, with, standing here with Portia Johnson, the artist of Faye and Cryptic UA. I like that name. I just like saying that. Cryptic UA. So, all this month on Black Tribbles, we're celebrating uh, 75 years of Wonder Woman. She is 75 years old. Talking about not looking your age. Right. You, you can definitely, if you see Portia, she does not look her age, ladies and gentlemen, but she looks fantastic. She does. So, let me ask you, um, when did you, Portia, when did you first, you know, um, come in contact with, the, with Wonder Woman, and what does Wonder Woman herself mean to you? Well, I first came in contact with her in the cartoon called The Justice League. Mm-hmm. That was my my siblings and my favorite uh, cartoon show. So um, Wonder Woman to me, she represents not only a strong woman, but you know, just a good example for other young girls. You know, not to be afraid uh, to be yourself, and you know, just go out there and 
take take life by by the horns or the tails, whatever you call it. But um, but um, no. Uh, Wonder Woman is uh, a, a really good woman, and you know she fights against you know all odds mm-hmm. despite what she goes through. Yeah. So as as Amazon, but you know she's more than Amazon. She she's also uh, a person of integrity and and strength and actually. Uh, uh, Compassion too. That's cool. That's cool. Let me ask you: the qualities that you see and you um, find most admirable about Wonder Woman. Is there anybody in your in your life that maybe kind of like resonates those same uh, attributes to you and speaks to, uh, and therefore is like a guiding light for you in the real life, like Wonder Woman is in the fictional? Well. Uh, two people. One, I, I know this is uh, you probably hear this a lot, but my mom, because you know, even though we all have our ups and downs, you know, she always brings us back on our feet, and mm-hmm. you know, um, she's she's actually a strong woman who doesn't let anybody get to her or you know get to her family. So she'll do anything she can to you know protect not not only um, her family but for the people that she loves and cares yeah. for. Mm-hmm. So you said you said your mommy, you said two people. You said so yeah. one other person? Her and um, actually um, Rosa Parks. Um, really? Yes, yes sir. Um, she well, the thing I love about her the most um, she was not afraid to, to stay seated in that seat. She was like, I will not be moved because she was tired and she didn't want to deal with anybody. So, but the thing about that though is, you know, she was not going to give up with, uh, she, uh, she took like, yeah. you know, um, she's a good woman. She was a good woman. Uh, um, and she will definitely be missed and remembered. So that's what I love about her. I have a funny feeling that in 50 years time there are going to be people that are going to be asking other people the same question and one of the people that they are going to rep for is they're going to be repping for Portia Johnson Thank you. You're all that. You're a beautiful young lady. I wish you mad success. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Fat Triple here. B-San otherwise known as Bassam. Black Speculative Arts Movement, Triple Nation, y'all need to be here, and I am standing here with Michael White. Michael White. Now, Michael, you are. Crown always walks up on me when I join. <laughs> she always walk up on me like like she about to get up in my world and stuff. So so Michael, um, you're here at at, at Bassam. You know, representing. Now, you actually have a, a, a little book that I saw. I saw at Amalgam. Yes. At one time, it's like it's a Oogie Woogie. It's it's um it's part of this website Oogie I'm all yeah. wrong. I'm all partial it's wrong. It's he, He's a superhero. His name is Uji Man. Mm-hmm. He's a black man from Australia. Okay. So um he looks at America. You know how other foreigners do on TV and and um, movies. Yeah. That it's a land of opportunity. Right. So he wants to be a battle rapper. So he comes. Okay. Over, but he realizes it's not the America that he thought it was going to be. Okay. Yeah. So um, he actually has these beads, these artifacts around his neck, which 
are actual ancestors of his, which grant him powers. So he fights for what's right in America, even though he doesn't have any rights because he's an immigrant. What made you um, create a book about a black man from Australia? <laughs> because um, as far as I know, the indigenous ones in Australia were black. Right. And there are black people in Australia. No, I understand that. But I'm just saying, what... what why did that inspire you? Oh, um, it's, it's just part of what, what I do in my art. I just want others to be aware of what we don't see in the media on a regular basis. Got you, got you. So you want, because that's the story that is not often told. A lot of people don't, you know, aren't aware of it and aren't aware of that historical you're, you're right. You're right. So now, now, but what makes you uniquely, if you think you are, so uniquely... <laughs> you know, uh, 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 um, informed to tell that story? Um, I, I'm, I grew up being always in my head. I had a big imagination. And um, whenever I would meet someone, I, I would just have different feelings and different visions of what they could do and what they can do. And so when I do draw a character I add different layers to that to that character mm -hmm. and it just came upon like uh, I drew the superhero and I was like I love Australia the, the deep culture of the Aborigines and mm -hmm. I says how decent would it be from taking a young man from from that culture and bringing him here how he would interact with us in America okay okay and then and then from there the Uji Uji man. Yeah, Uji man. Yeah. Uji man. Which Uji Uji is another is a slang word for movement. Nice. So I did not know that. So okay. it's it's a Uji man. So he he does movement within different cultures and communities within America and also around the world as well. But mm -hmm. he, he does fight for what's right. And, and a lot of the issues you can find on UjiWuji.com, it deals with him and different like black movements and and things like that that's in America. nice man that's 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 pretty dope i'd seen looking at a lot of your images and your prints here there is a strong political um a tone to a lot of the artwork that i that i see here do you think that resonates in all of your work um i would i would think so yeah because that, that's just the way i think and the way i feel and uh and um, it resonates in my soul. So when I do create art, it's it, I can't help it from that. That's what comes bleeding yeah, out. Yeah, right? exactly. I feel you. And I'm a black man in America, so it's it's I have to deal with certain situations and certain situations I don't have an answer for. Mm -hmm. I still have to deal with it. Amen. Every day, God knows that. <laughs> it's just, uh, especially with the you know what's going on in the world today and over the last few days that has happened, it's right. been kind of like a real upheaval in this in this country. What, what's your thoughts on what's been happening? Um, I think what's what's been happening is waking up a lot of people that normally was sleep mm -hmm. and and wasn't really aware of the real world with quotations right and um i just felt us as people we've been through worse things than this so maybe it's that time for us to really deal with our responsibilities as people within this country
Now, what do you mean by dealing dealing with our responsibilities? Um, just as people, we look at it as okay, we we pay taxes, and our tax money goes towards these particular groups that are left to take care of certain responsibilities. Right. So we just let certain people just handle what is supposed to be done. But if you really look at how life is, you have to cover like everything. You know, you can't just feed your kids like food and not know where it's grown. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I, that's what I mean by like taking responsibility, like actually doing the research and making sure that these particular groups that we do pay does the right thing. Right, hold them accountable. Right. That's true. It starts. It starts there. Now, what's the future for you and your work and uh, Uji Man? What's 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 uh, what's next? Uh, what next for me? Um, I have lots of stories and characters that I I want to develop and introduce to the world. So if it becomes something else and part of everyone's life, I'm grateful. Is the plan to continue it uh, in book form, or are you going to try and reach out into other forms of media? Um, because it definitely has a style that lends itself to animation. I will tell you that. Well, I, I, I studied animation, have a degree in it. Okay. So um, that's that's in the works, but it's just the the drawings and books is a faster way to get it out, you know, than animation because animation yeah. is is so many other layers Slowly, on top of that. Yeah. But um, I feel the book form is is best. So it's a, a great foundation, mm-hmm. so people can read it and interpret it in their own way. Mm-hmm. And animations, movies, or or audio books or whatever that I come out with later on may add to that vision for those who don't have imagination or lack thereof. Where does this inspiration in the, in the art that got you going to school for animation? Where did that uh, come from? Oh wow! Um, I'm I'm a I'm a big geek when it comes down to old cartoons of the '80s. Really? Yeah. And and my parents were young, so they introduced me to a lot of kung fu flicks okay. and, and horror movies at, okay. at a really early age. So it was a combination you're the of one. You you were that that little kid in the R-rated movie that had no business being there. <laughs> no business being there. <laughs> I might have been watching a um, NC-17 movie and oh, not noticed. <laughs> The original Friday the 13th with everything bouncing and flopping. So uh, I was that kid watching all those movies and not being aware of um, that it was wrong to watch those. Mm -hmm. But it just made me think about multiple things. So me growing up later on, I was numb to that. So I was kind of looking for what else would entertain me as far as television, movies, books, stories, people in general. Was there any one event or any one person that started to uh, really truly inform your work with the political leanings that it has now? It was about, I I guess, maybe... uh, high school when I started getting into history and and not just our history or history of America or the world but it was history of my family okay and um you mean your, your, your actual family going yeah my actual roots. family and I have a, a close-knit family but at the same time like where they came from mm. and and just the stories of my great-grandmother or grandfather what they went through questions that my my parents or my grandparents wouldn't dare 
ask their parents about. Because at that time, you don't ask questions. You don't talk to uh, adults about their past. Yeah. That wasn't your place. Right. So I, I believe the kind of child I was and um, the mind I, I had, I, I would question those. And those who are, aren't with me anymore within my family, God rest their souls, they actually opened up and told me different stories. And it was actually the first time that other people in the family may have heard them as well. Wow. So, so it, it made me think about not only my family, but other people too have these different stories that they Untold may not know. tales of their past. Exactly, which led into me wanting to know about history of my people and, and just the world in general. Is there any one tale that you could uh, share with us that was especially resonant with you? Um... I'm a, I'm a black man, and um, me and my mother would kind of... We wouldn't get in arguments, but it would be a bit of dis- disagreement because she always felt that I needed to kind of gravitate and stand up for my Puerto Rican side. Okay. My mom is Puerto Rican. Your mom's Puerto Rican. But I had to let her know that Puerto Rican Spanish... It's not a race. <laughs> it's a language. It's it's a particular culture. And I understand that it's part of her her ethnicity. Yes. But um, I had to let her know that like she was black too. Oh. <laughs> and she's just, always been black. I can just imagine those conversations. And and just the way she was raised, and also her family, just the way they looked at the different facial, you know, the facial ways that um, people were born. They have different names for them. Mm-hmm. And. Um, and it just plays on how they grew up and what they were taught throughout the years. So um, it, it was just her telling me stories about that side of the family in Puerto Rico and 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 how how they lived over there. And and I was just kind of relating to how that relates to me. Okay. And me wanting to know about that. And that that particular story made me just want to just draw diverse people because we all are diverse. Mm -hmm. We all are mixed with different cultures, even Mm -hmm. though we're one particular race, if race exists. And that's what drives me. That's dope, man. That is... That is very dope. We are asking everyone here, because we're celebrating uh, the history of Wonder Woman on our show. She's 75 years old. So I'm asking you. Yeah, I know. I can't believe it myself. Um, I'm asking asking you, Michael White, who you can find on uh, ujiwuji.com. I also have a page on uh, Facebook, which, okay. is, which is Mr. Michael White. It's spelled out M-I-S-T-E-R, Michael White. And um, Instagram and Twitter is Mr. M-R Miguel Blanco, which is Michael White in Spanish. See, so he owns it. There you go. <laughs> so we're asking, we're asking uh, all, all of the artists here, like when they first came upon or first, uh, you know, uh, presented Wonder Woman, when did Wonder Woman first come into their lives? And... What's your impression on her as a cultural icon for today? Um, I, I just feel over the years she's always been that 
embodiment of a woman that all women could see themselves as. Even even if if they don't look at her as a white woman, just a woman in general. Like it's it's someone that sticks up for what's right and what what she what she could do for the world. Mm-hmm. And how, how does she fit into that? And it's her being from the outside of the United States or or this particular culture. She's a foreigner. And so she kind of inputs herself into this culture and how she fits in to to make it a better, safer place. And I think that's, that's dealing with a lot of women that deal with their own issues and other issues as well. And um, I think a lot of women, especially the women in my family, are all Wonder Women. Nice. So when I when I used to watch Wonder Woman when I was a young younger kid, I just I just look at my mom's like okay like what she's doing, you know what my grandmother's doing, what my aunts are doing mm-hmm. is no different than what Wonder Woman is dealing with. Right. It's just like their their villains just wear different masks, and they're in different situations, but at the same time they still deal with the similar issues. That's so that's deep. We ask all of our um, guests, fans of the Black Tribbles, to become one with the Tribble Nation. And by doing so, they come up with their own Tribble designation that indicates where their geek lies. I'm Bat Tribble because I'm a Batman fan. We have Storm Tribble. We have Balagoon Tribble. We have a Tribble called Quest. We have Tribble Soul Child. We have Little Tribble on my chin. Got no Tribble at all. Got Tribbles of all shapes and sizes. Got diary of a mad black tribble. People get very creative <laughs> with it. So I want to wow. ask you, I want to induct you, Michael White, into the Tribble Nation. But to do so, I must first have you come up with your own Tribble designation that indicates where your geek lies. So I have to come up with my own name. Got to come up with your own name. It's got to be from your head, from uh, your earth. For, for the House of Tribble. Uh... I'm going to go with Blanco. Blanco Tribble. I like that. Blanco Tribble. That is dope. That is fine. But it ain't official. It ain't that sweet, bro. Okay. It ain't that sweet. You're just too smooth. Scary. <laughs> um, it, it, it's, it's not official. Not until you take the Tribble Oath of Allegiance. Okay. Because it's, you know, it's deep. There's, there's rules. So I need you to repeat after me. I'm a Tribble Fairy. I'm a Tribble True. What kind of what kind of fairy? Furry, furry, furry. Oh, like it sound like fairy. I was like, wait a minute. What? No. <laughs> Did I just get myself? Uh, uh, just erase all that. Uh, I'm sorry about Cause that. Because I, I don't I don't need to be a part of this uh, madness. No. <laughs> I'm a triple furry. Furry. I'm okay. a triple true. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. From the way I roll to the way I coo. From the way I roll to the way I coo. So shall it be said, so shall it be done. Michael White is now officially and forevermore will be known as Blanco Triple. Yay! Watch <laughs> Thank you so much, bro. This is cool. Thank you. Come on, Krill! Krill, come walking up! <laughs> 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 <laughs>
What's up, Triple Nation? This is Kennedy, also known as Zep Mike and Chick, also known as Storm Triple. And I am here at Bassam, the Black Speculative Arts Movement, with the one and only Voodoo Triple. Say what's up. What up? Voodoo Triple here. Greg Anderson, Alexander. We're a spider. Nice. That's right. Author, creator, illustrator of Isnana, the War Spider. Y'all might remember him because that's how we do. We've been talking for a minute. So how's how's things? How's your con? You enjoying your weekend? Yeah, it's been dope, been dope. Just came in from New York yesterday mm-hmm. and was there at uh, Black Tribbles and Chill, you know, partying. We were doing a little, little footwork last night. Yo, he's being modest. Greg managed to get every woman in there out of at least two layers of clothes. I looked up, uh, uh, Roar Tribble was dropping her jacket and whatnot. Wind Rider Tribble was on the chandeliers. Well, not Wind Rider Tribble, Amalgam Tribble. I was like, what's going on? I thought this was supposed to be Basam and chill, not Basam and turn up. Like, well, you know, you got to turn up, you got to turn up. Get a whole bunch of <laughs> black folks together, you know, making some comic books. So, you know, we're going to party up, turn up, get lit. That's true. That's true. That's true. So how much has changed in the world of East Nana since we last spoke? So... I've been very shocked at the reception. You know, I've been uh, selling, selling a lot, getting a lot of great reviews on Amazon. It's been all four stars, five stars. Nice. So it's been, it's been awesome. Till this day, I'm still getting people hit me up, message me saying thank you, thank you for the book, introducing it to their kids, you know, sharing it with their kids. And this is exactly, I wanted to get people more into black culture, more black uh, mythological characters. You know, uh, showcasing that there's so much out there with our people, you know, whether it's African, African-American or Caribbean folktales. And so the fact that I could even post online that, oh, I'm writing volume two, and I have a whole bunch of people just start responding like, yes, I can't wait, I can't yeah, wait, yeah. I can't wait. You know, so it's like, okay, great. My goals is getting there, you know. More people are getting more invested in these characters. Like someone even recently hit me up showed me that um, under Anansi on Wikipedia, is Nana's actually mentioned now. So I'm just like, what? Yes! Look at that! Moving on up! (laughs) (laughs) So I'm excited. You know, I'm very excited. That's cool. So so then what's next? You got all this buzz. Yeah. You're working on on the next season, Mm -hmm. right? So so what else can people expect from you? Are you doing some side projects just to quit their whistle? Or are you just going to make them wait for for when it's done? (laughs) Well, I don't want to talk too much, but I'm working with a few different artists on uh, different things. there's a possibility of a, a web series, web comic coming out soon. Uh, I can't give too much details about that, but it's a, I guess, a pretty well-known artist in the black indie community. Oh, and, um, somebody we know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you know. They owe us money. I have no idea. Uh, that's why you keep it names to yourself. Yeah, I gotta keep my lips zipped, you know. I guess that's cool. <laughs> but yeah, I'm uh, working on a few, another uh, folklore, African American folklore character, doing a little spin-off a type of modern take. Well post-apocalyptic take on this character so I don't want to say too much yet okay but yeah I have a few few things in the works coming out besides it's not a two which I just finished writing the first draft so 
okay. just waiting to hear what the artist thinks and we'll edit accordingly see what okay. we're gonna do that's dope that's dope so so you mentioned that uh you know, people are being really receptive and, and influenced by the work that you've put out. This this month we're covering another influential character. We've been doing a whole month of programming about Wonder Woman because it's her 75th anniversary this year. So Wonder Woman is, is definitely an icon, if nothing else. Um, how has the icon of Wonder Woman, or the book of Wonder Woman, or the imagery, whatever, how has that impacted you? I love Wonder Woman. Okay. Honestly, the idea of Wonder Woman to, you know, the backstory of the creator was this crazy guy, you know, just <laughs> not, not, not even crazy, just crazy in um, societal standards. Right. You know, this guy had like two wives, like, mm -hmm. you know, essentially. And, you know, had like the polyamorous type of relationship, you know, and you have the whole culture of Wonder Woman started from like this character of getting strength, but also through like bondage and all this other stuff, and going on to the fact that she ended up being so inspirational to so many little girls going up to women nowadays and I haven't seen I still haven't seen Batman vs. Superman but the only reason why I want to see it is just to see how Wonder Woman was especially like Justice League cartoons how much yeah, of a badass yeah, she was yeah I'll tell you this I, I didn't like the movie and I don't even like this rendition of Wonder Woman but it was still the best part of the movie <laughs> it was still like I was all like <laughs> I was all like mean mugging and tight in the back like this, this is some boo stuff I'm not even gonna watch this is this is I don't even oh go girl go girl go go yes girl you just say that man whatever this don't need nothing like so it's, it's I mean, definitely such a great character and I'm glad that she's getting more limelight than she was in the mainstream I feel like despite the fact that everyone knew one woman they didn't really know her right you know um, they, didn't, they didn't really know like her characters or a lot of people even know that her characters are from like the pantheon of Greek mythology you know and so I'm glad that people are starting to realize that she has so much potential people were just sleeping on her yeah everyone knows Batman so mad they know Wonder Woman but they're like oh that's the girl version that's that's but I'm glad that she's really starting to come on the limelight you know and um, if anyone has never seen the, um, the Gail Simone written, the animated movie of Wonder Woman, they need, that's literally Yo. one of the best like animated movies of all time ever. It is insane. If the movie is as good as that, the live action, then it's going to be a great... One would hope, right? Yeah. All of us who have seen that movie, the animated one that you referenced and loved it, are all like, yo, please, just just, just, just page by page, just put it, just put it in there and we'll all be happy. Trust me, you will make all the money. Just trust us and do it that way. Cool, cool. Well, you're already a part of the nation, so I don't have to swear you in. So, that's good stuff. Parting words for uh, Black Speculative Arts Movement. Uh, wherever you are, whatever you got in your mind, let's get it out. Let's inspire. Let's be inspired. Let's motivate. Um, we have a voice. Let's use our voice. It doesn't matter what type of voice it is. It's as long as we're all in here together and we're not being the black-on-black -black crime that a lot of people like to say that we are, even if it's in the industry. There's a lot of beef. Let's drop the beef and let's just work together and get our magic out. Yeah. I'm with that. All right. Greg, ladies and gentlemen, Voodoo Triple. Come buy the book, East Nana, The Worst Spider. Go check it out. Where can people find your work? Uh, you can find it, if not through me, through Facebook. You can get it on Amazon. And it's also the digital version at Peep Game Comics uh, with an X, not a C at the end, dot com. Uh, yeah, once again, you can get a digital, you can get a print, Amazon or Facebook, just hit me up. And we can work out all those details. We out there yeah. all day. Thank you so much.
Okay, so hey, it's the Batribble here at Bassam. You may know it as BSAM, the Black Speculative Arts Movement. I think Bassam is classier. That's what I'm going with, Bassam. And now I am here with, make sure I'm saying this correctly, it's Foxy. 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 It's Foxy, but it's F-O-C-S-I. Yes. Okay, so it's foxy.com, and I am standing with a a foxy couple apparently here, a foxy family. If I'm if I'm seeing the picture correctly here, um, and and your names, Erica, Erica, and Jamal. All right, what was that? I'm no, sorry, Jamal, Jamal, Erica, and Jamal. All right, so they are the creators of Foxy, my Foxy. Dot com, which is, um, it looks like it's earrings and jewelry and a whole lot of uniqueness. Um, what is MyFoxy.com and what was the inspiration behind it? We like to think of it as basically naturally dope hair art for your home and body. Whoa, 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 whoa. Because that, that's a bumper sticker right there. <laughs> so it's naturally dope hair art for your home and body. So we have things that you can decorate your house with, okay. and then we have things that you can decorate your body with, from t-shirts to earrings, brooches, the cell phone charms, bobby pins, all that based on all of the various women in the Foxy collection. Now, what inspired this? Well, it inspired it because 10 years ago, before the natural hair movement was a movement, I was looking for various art and mainly t-shirts, and I called him, I called Jamal, and we were friends at the time, and he was like, yeah, nobody's doing that. And I was like, well, you know what? Let's do that. Let's partner up and make it a thing. So, okay. And then here we are. And as we've had children, we wanted it also to be like a positive thing for them so that they grow up seeing these positive images of women of the African diaspora that we don't typically see. No, so no, wait a minute, because like you kind of like, you went like back to the future on this, because you said you called Jamal up because we were friends. We were friends at the time, yeah. And yes. you told him like, you know, there's there's no natural art out there to, on t-shirts, and he and Jamal was like, no, they don't make that. Mm -hmm. And you said, okay, well then we need to make that. And then you buried the leave, because next thing you know, we've got children. Yes. So like, <laughs> I mean, so you went from friends, do you, I mean, you just skipped straight through. So when was it through forming this that, you know, the family created or? Everybody else thought we were together anyway. And they could not believe that it's like, no, we're really honestly best friends. Y'all just friends really best with, friends? Not friends with benefits. Not friends with sometimes benefits. Not, like we were genuinely friends. How did y'all meet? How did y'all meet, Jamal? We met, we had, it was a project that her and her uh, business partner at the time were working on, and I was the artist coming on board to help them with one of their other businesses. Okay. Friendship formed. Uh, she started Foxy, and she needed an artist. I was like, I could do that, and it just kind of blossomed from there. That's so sweet. That's so sweet. Jamal being a little cryptic right here. He was like, it was a friendship. That it just got it, got it moving. It got it moving. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, it literally it was because we literally had like dated other people through this process, but we'd be on dates and we'd be on the phone with each other. Mm -hmm. Awkward, right? Right. It's like, wait, where's your date? Yeah, that's why, why are you on the phone with me? You know, type of thing. And that's what we did. And at some point, it was just like, 
we were like, look, if we kiss, that's the only way it's going to happen. So if we kiss and it's like kissing, you know, your brother, your sister, or your play cousin, then we, we got our answer. And if it's like fireworks, then here we are. Three children later. Yeah, three. Foxy family. Three, three fire bombs later, they're a family. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now, so back to my Foxy, yes. um, because you said it, it's art for the, it's, it's naturally dope hair art mm-hmm. for your home and body. Yes. So you have the, and, and I see you've got um, the, the women that are adorned on the, on the, the pieces here yes. all have a distinct look about them. Is that purposeful? Yes. That is definitely on purpose. Um, all the women in our collection have either afros or locks, some variation of natural hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are all chocolate women because we definitely do not get enough love and recognition. Amen. And so we want to put it out there in a way that it, that it doesn't look like it's in a hip-hop video. Gotcha. So the women are mainly, you know, they're dressed. They're fly, but they have clothes on, you know, so it's not it's not TNA. That's but, not what we wanted. But even with their clothes, there, there, there's a sexiness about all of them that yes. is that, that permeates through just naturally, yes. which I think was the whole idea. So now you've got the T-shirts for the for the body, yes. and then you also have uh, earrings, yes. which you are modeling yourself here. Yes. I see. This is, this is a very cool pair. So, but what do you have for the for the home? The home. We actually have um, prints. We sell mugs, and we also have throw pillows. Oh, really? That feature the same design. Yes. Nice, nice. And I take it Jamal is the one that created the the our lovely ladies here. Yes. So that is definitely a collaboration. He is one of the most talented artists I know. And okay, so this has been such a process because we've had this conversation of like the way men and women look at women and so I went to him and I was like I want you to draw women the way that women see women interesting not the way that men see women interesting so so where do you think that the, where's the distinction lie what's the difference there um in how the women are shaped how the women are styled their clothing the makeup all of those things even though they seem very subtle it's kind of like the fine line between Playboy and Hustler. Mm. So, and, and I mean, it's it's really easy to step over that line. So, so in, in, in just to, to try and paint the picture, where what's an example of where, you know, you don't think you're stepping over the line, but you really are stepping over that line in this depiction of a woman? We used to have um, an image that his uncle still has hanging in his house, a T-shirt the man has never put on. He just hung <laughs> it on the wall because it says, got thick. Mm. And it's of a woman's hips, and it looks like somebody is pouring chocolate on her. Oh. So it was kind of like a flattering thing, but then in certain circles that could be taken out of context and be viewed as us objectifying women. Very true. Very true. That's problematic. Yeah. It's not cool. Right. So. I have to find that shirt. <laughs> Just joking. Just a joke. Just a joke. I mean, because honestly, to both of us, we actually like old classic, like, pinup ads. Mm-hmm. So at one point, we were trying to, like, incorporate some of that into our art. And so we a were like, how can we do that, say, yeah. but make it hip-hop, too? Yeah. And so given that whole... I mean, because some of these, like, this actually was inspired by a picture of Pam Greer. With yes. her holding the shotgun. Yeah. So it's like, once I tell people that, they know exactly what picture I'm talking about. 
of her. And so we're like, how can we flip that and make that current, but still giving that still, throwback right, Still nod. resonating back mm -hmm. to, to the source material. Yes. And you do that very well. Now, you do have one little piece here yes. that I think is very unique. You have not only um, jewelry for your ears, you have jewelry for your cell phone. Yes. You have a cell phone plug. Yes. So it's a cell phone charm that just hangs off your phone and it goes into the dust plug or the earphone hole on your phone. So I'm going I'm to ask Kennedy here, do you have like a video on your phone? If you could show, demonstrate how the cell phone plug works and looks. So you've got the cell phone. You've got the. Yeah, and we'll give you this, you know. We'll yeah, because I want to get the story in there. Yes. So, you ready? Yeah, it's going. Uh, so, <laughs> so you've got the plug, and that goes in there. And then it just kind of hangs out on your phone. Oh, snap. Look at that. for your phone. And now, this particular plug says gold digger as opposed to gold digger. What's the, what's the, um, what's the story behind that? Just being entrepreneurs and just all of us, especially in this current climate that we're in, we all have goals mm -hmm. and we need to dig deep in order to reach those goals. So that's meant to be like motivational and inspirational for people as we're out here because we're going to need that even more. That is dope. That is real dope. She's got, Erica's got real family here. <laughs> She's got real family, real, you know, growing up, growing up problems. You know, we're sitting here doing this little interview. The kids are hungry. <laughs> No, they just came from eating with their dad, so yeah. Just fidgety. Yes. They're just a little fidgety. I can yes. feel I feel you on that. And so, I'm having a conversation with somebody, so you know. Of course. Yes. But of course. You know. <laughs> Look at me. Yes. Oh, uh, so now now um where do you call home? Where do you people call home? Right now we currently live in um Durham, North Carolina, so that is by way of Washington DC. Okay. And I'm a military brat, and Jamal is actually originally from New Mexico. So all those influences go into everything that we do. What uh, so you're a military brat. So yes. what, what branch of the service were your parents or your mother yes, or father? Yes, my dad was in the Army. Okay. All right, cool. My daughter is in the Air Force. Nice. In New Mexico right now. Yeah. Wow, that's dope. That's dope. And how, how, how long has my Foxy, Foxy been going on, and how's it uh, been going so far? So, Foxy will be actually 10 years old in January. Get out of here. Yes. Dope. So, I guess it's going pretty darn well then. It has been a wonderful journey. It has been a learning experience. And we wouldn't trade it for the world. So, it's here. And things like this, when on those moments when you're like, okay, we're just going to fold it up, mm -hmm. pack it in, and go home. And then we come out to something like this, and just the reception and the feedback is so amazing. And it's like, okay, people do get it. And so it's just awesome. And that's like, you know, the fuel you need to keep going. We're asking all of the guests here um, for, uh, on our show, Black Tribbles, we are celebrating 75 years of Wonder Woman. Because she turned oh, 75 years. So we're asking people, when, when did they first, um, you know, come Wonder Woman into their world? And what does the character or even just the idea of Wonder Woman mean to you in today's time? Wow. Um, my first view of Wonder Woman was actually Linda Carter playing Wonder Woman on TV, mm -hmm. which I loved just because she was a woman and it was like, you know, being a little girl, it's like girl power. Right. And I loved that whole thing. And it actually got renewed with my children who love superheroes. Okay. And learning about Nubia. 
Yeah. So it revived my interest, actually. And, and I'm like, okay, how come we don't have this on TV? And the TV show, I never saw her black sister. Like, what's going on with that? You know, so just wanted to know all of that and understanding, like, that whole dynamic of, like, who Nubia is and her powers and just... So I think that speaks also to today, like, the background and a lot of stories that we don't even know. And then which things were actually put out into the media for people to know. So it's like, that's why it's important. That's why we have Foxy, so that we can be creators of our own narrative and control those things on how the stories are told. Amen. And just a little known uh, story that if Wonder Woman had lasted for the fourth season, the f- I think it was like one of the first few episodes was going to introduce Nubia nice. on the show. They had her cast and everything. Do you know who it was going to be? Wow. I don't think she actually got cast. But they, they had written it. In- but they had written it. To- Even me. I uh, had a time machine. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it didn't get picked up, so I had to go back in time to go back in time to stop myself from going back in time. I know that one of the people they were thinking about was uh, Teresa Graves from um, Get Christy Love. Ooh. Yeah. That would have been epic, right? That would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Because she has fabulous photos, too. So, like, any of those photos that we can find, we're just like, okay, how can we make this boxing? <laughs> Foxy-inspired. So, yes. We like to induct all of our fans and guests on Black Tribbles into our uh, legion of fans called the Tribble Nation. Tribble Nation, okay. Where they, um, you know, just... They tribble. Um, but to do that, everyone has to come up with their own triple designation that kind of indicates where their geek lies. Like, I'm Bat Tribble because I'm a Batman head. Kennedy is Storm Tribble for Storm from the X-Men. Uh, and Stephen Harris is Balagoon Tribble. Um, Simone Missick from Luke Cage, she plays Misty Knight. She is a diary of a mad black Tribble. So people get real creative with it. So, Erica, I want to induct you into the Tribble Nation. Jamal, Jamal went away with the, with the young, young, young man. He's got little Jamal. So, you know, so I would want to induct him, but I cannot. So. And he would agree with what I'm about to say. Uh-oh. With Wakandan Tribble. Wakandan Tribble. We have a Wakandan Tribble. The, the Wakandan, the, the Triple Nation is large. My son's name is T'Challa. Like, we named our son T'Challa. His name is T'Challa Toussaint. I, I think. I, yeah. I think. Speedoed stamps. Boom. Done. They even know. They're like, our brother's the Black Panther. Like, they, they know this. Wow. Now, what are, now what are your, your daughter's names? Xavier. <laughs> and Rohan. And what? Rohan. The whole family is triple. They're like the family triple. The Swiss family triple. They're the Durham family triple. Yes, the Durham. They could be the Durham family triple. This way, Jamal can get in as well. So they are the Durham family triple. Yes. And they have all these rats. And the son's name is Chachala. You're winning. I can't stand it. Oh, my God. And Rohan has some sci-fi, too, which my husband was so upset about. He was like, you snuck that in there on me. Because it has a couple of meanings. Yes. But it's like, okay, so, you know, Lord of the Rings. And then also Rohan in the Order of Angels is one level below angels. So they're like light beings. 
So, yeah. Yeah, whoever was Wakanda Triple before, I'm sorry. <laughs> you just, it's, it's, it's not yours anymore. You need to think of something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, call us. Holla at the Triple. <laughs> we could be the Durham Wakanda Triple. No, 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 no. I like the unit. The unit is the Durham Family Triple. The Durham Family Triple. In there. Okay. But you can be the Wakanda. Oh, I can personally be yes. the Wakanda Triple. Yes. You made the case. You made the case for <laughs> you like my son child. So, she said, "Listen, I grew a Wakandan. I don't know about you, right. but uh, like what they do, I make them. So yeah, they just read them. This is source right here. And see, he is coming with crown. Now it's just, it's just too much, right? Yes. Like he is the Prince of Wakanda. I want to make it official. <laughs> and to do so, you have to first take the triple oath of allegiance. Okay. All right. So repeat after me. All right. I am a triple furry. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. I'm a triple true. From the way I roll. From the way I roll. To the way I coo. To the way I coo. So shall it be said. So, so shall, shall it be said. done. So shall it be done. No, no, no. no. Oh. You don't have to say that. It's done. Okay. It's done. You are in. You are in Erica Toussaint. I'm sorry. Erica Toussaint? Erica Parker Smith. Erica Parker Smith. I heard. Oh, actually, social media, everybody knows me as Foxy Mama. Well, there you go. Foxy Mama. Yes. Is now officially Wakandan Tribble of the Durham family Tribble. Of House Tribble. They they, 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 they just. Yeah. House Tribble, first of its name. (laughs) Break of Chains, Birther of Wakandans. I can be Khaleesi. Like, that is so yes. I hear that. It's all day. I love it. What? Where am I dragging? <laughs> Thank you so much. This Thank has been fun. You. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. We Continuing on here at Bissam. I am here with Justice. Hello, Justice. Hey, how's it going? So introduce yourself to the Tribble Nation officially. Oh, man. Hi, um, my name is Justice Hamilton. I am founder of Black August Designs. Um, I make jewelry as well as buttons. And then I moonlight as a graduate student as well in the Department of Africology and Africana Studies. I'm working on my doctoral degree in my third year. <sighs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> Wow. Yes. Moon, I moonlight as a graduate student. <laughs> yep. Stuttering, studying big stuff. Yep, studying and I, big stuff. And I do it big. That's what I do. Yep. So, um, so it, it, you're a graduate student. You said you're studying Africology? Is mm-hmm. that it? I am. Now, now, what is, that sounds like a, a like a huge thing, Africology. Yes. That the study of African culture or history? So, Africology specifically um, is kind of an, an, evol- like an evolution of the discipline of black studies, um, which started in 1969. So, Africology specifically speaks to the study of the African world um, from an Afrocentric lens. Okay, okay. And what made, what about that sparked your particular interest? Um, well, to be honest, I hmm, I think for me it was like a hunger to 
to see myself. So for me, I was relatively checked out of my educational process until um, I actually learned about African American history. Um, really? Like I was like a D student, <laughs> so a D. So okay. I was like a D F student, and so then I went from that to like getting like a three eight three nine was where I am now. And so, um, so I think for me, just realizing the importance of of an education that is relevant and how that can kind of engage young minds, which is why. I think it's so exciting to be here in this space um, of BSAM in particular because you have so many like black comic book artists, black girl magic, um, doing excellent like speculative fiction work, mm-hmm. um, and kind of allowing us to see ourselves in different ways and like being able to have that message for young people that we exist in these spaces as well. Um, and I know a lot of people are, are thinking of ways like as to how to to bridge the gap between you know the comic book world and education, and so. You know, I think it's it's all it's all really beautiful um, and significant. You see a lot of that, and you see people finding more and more creative ways to bridge that gap, just like you said, um, mm. through through comic books, through uh, other forms of media. Some people d- dabbling in animation and uh, just taking the the technology that is out there and using it to further our stories. Um, Stories and and a point of view that has wildly not been out there in the world of speculative fiction. And we all know why it hasn't been out there. But why do you think that it's so very necessary for it to be out there? I think it's necessary because there are images that are being created about black people um, all the time. Typically, it's not us creating them. Um, and so I think that it's important for us to be telling our own stories, to be able for people to, to see um, us existing in multiple ways and realizing that we're not a monolith in terms of how we engage in culture. Um, and I'm, I'm excited because I feel like the era that we're in right now is really allowing for that. Like it's allowing for, you know, um, for carefree black boys and black nerds and black geeks and, you know, um, black Afrocentrists and black nationalists all exist like at the same time and like yeah. have all those truths be valid um, and so I think it's it's important for us to realize that mm, there are multiple narratives that exist and they're all like a legitimate part of the black experience what's your experience what's your story where did um, where did justice come for, become formed oh man justice became formed in south central california <laughs> south central los angeles specifically sorry south really central, yeah i'm from I'm from la um and so i definitely grew up being a black nerd when that was not cool mm-hmm. um you know not but encouraged by your parents yes de- definitely definitely encouraged by my parents but definitely not encouraged by anyone else outside of that um so i think for me um kind of I guess living that life but then also um, having a mother who was very much interested in wellness and healing and so I, I grew up on like juices and smoothies and what does your mother do all the green things um my mother is a yogi so my, <laughs> my mother has a Kundalini yoga studio in LA wow uh, yeah I know shout out to mom um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah for real yeah, yoga metrics is on Slauson you know for anyone who uh, decides to visit the Los Angeles area um <laughs> Yeah, and so I, I think for me, um, kind of growing up like a black girl yogi nerd mm-hmm. who likes to make things, um, really anything, whether it's, you know, wire wrap jewelry or 
I don't know, bath salts. I, I do everything that I can get my hands on because I think just creating is so important. So I think, like, I don't know, I guess if I had to think about who I am, I see myself as a creator above anything else. Well, yeah. first and foremost. Yeah, first and foremost, whether it's creating a paper, which Lord knows I'm about to do that soon, um, <laughs> or creating jewelry, yeah. That is pretty dope. Where now? You say you 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 were definitely a geek. Where? What were you most geeky for growing up? I wasn't like I wasn't the actually. You know what? I did. I loved X Men as a child, but mm-hmm. I and Power Rangers. Yo, that was it. But reading, like I just love to read. There's nothing wrong with that. To, no, I mean you know now no, but I loved I love to read. So anything I could get my hands on, um, I was all over it. For sure. Did you read like um, science fiction? Fiction. Mm. See, the interesting thing for me is that science fiction is something that I'm I'm more so recently getting into. Okay. Because when I was younger, I felt like I never saw myself, and so it was hard for me to identify. Like like science fiction for me existed in such a white space that I didn't really feel like I could access it. Mm-hmm. Um, until you know people like of course Octavia Butler you know you become exposed and then you just can't stop reading and now you're like oh man real life is parallel to sower and you know <laughs> right. oh yeah right <laughs> make America great again um, but you know I think um, so yeah, if you weren't reading the science fiction were you reading history I was reading history I was reading fiction um, I had a short period of time, like when I was younger, when I was obsessed with like the Babysitters Club, but I was also reading like Jane Eyre. Like I was, I was kind of all over the place with mm-hmm. with my reading tastes at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like once I hit about sixteen, then I became obsessed with like the Black Power movement. And so I was reading like Asada Shakur's autobiography, which completely changed my life and probably my life's work and my trajectory. Um, How so? Well, it got me, it got me into you know Black studies. Like it got me into like realizing that I could learn about myself um, in a very concrete way, um, in a way that was engaging, in a way that was meaningful, and then do something with that information that I was acquiring. Um, Was there any one thing about his story that that spoke most to you? um, Her whole story is so incredible, though. I mean, here you have this, this black woman in... This era of black power, which is very, we'll say, this, the narrative is very male-dominant. You know, like you talk about people like Huey P. Newton, Bobby Seale, um, but it's rare that folks are talking about, like, you know, Erica Huggins, Kathleen Cleaver, um, Asada Shakur. Um, well, Asada Shakur is more popular, but um, so reading about her as like a 16-year-old um, and realizing that this woman, you know, all the things that she was put through, like through as a result of like the FBI and COINTELPRO. Um, the fact that she escaped out of prison and is like living in Cuba, you know, it was just like, it was really fascinating and it's written in such a way that's like so digestible, but also, um, that's like really inspirational and kind of like wants to make you do something or at least read something for a minute. Yeah. That's cool. Um, we're celebrating on our show, we're spending November. Uh, celebrating 75 years of Wonder Woman because she's 75 years old. She is. Um, and we're asking people when did they, um, when did Wonder Woman first enter their life and what does she mean or say to them, um, good or bad? I'll be real, Wonder Woman's my mama. Look, um, Wonder Woman for me. 
And this is this is probably that moment where your listeners are like, oh, she's just young. <laughs> but Wonder Woman doesn't mean a lot to me, and I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I think this idea of a white woman who's a superwoman has never really been, like, a realistic thing for me. Okay. Um, you know, I guess all the women that I see as superwomen are always black. Um, and very much, I think, existing in the everyday. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I'm happy that she's 75. That's awesome. I think it's great when it comes to us thinking about women being superheroes. Um, but beyond that, you know... You're good. I'm good. I feel that, and that's real. I like that. Don't... That's fine. Own it. We like to... Um, have all of our fans and our guests become one with us by joining our Tribble Nation, okay. which is like our legion of fans. And I would like to induct you into the Tribble Nation, Justice. I would love that. That'd be awesome. But to do so, okay. you have to first come up with your own Tribble designation that indicates where your geek lies. Like, I'm Bat Tribble because I'm a Batman head. We have Storm Tribble, my uh, partner Kennedy here. Um, we have we have um, Tribbles of all shapes and sizes. I don't know if you do. You have Netflix? Do you have? Uh, of course I do. Yes. Have you watched Luke Cage? Of course I have. Yes. Did you like Luke Cage? Of course. Not everybody likes it. Oh I don't know. no! See, I really. Like it. I mean, of course I could like put my scholar hat on, but no, I really liked it. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, Cotton Mouth is like my favorite. Yeah, Cottonmouth. Kind of amazing. He is. Like the depth of his character. <laughs> Fabulous. Have um, you seen Moonlight? Of course I oh. Moonlight was incredible. I loved Moonlight. I loved Moonlight. Yes. Doing mad work, Mahershala Ali. Yes. Simone Missick on Luke Cage, uh Misty Knight. She mm-hmm. is the diary of a mad black trouble. Nice. So triples get all very creative with it. Cool. So I want to induct you, Justice, into the Triple Nation. Awesome. What will be your Triple designation? I'm Poetic Justice Triple. While we do not have a Poetic Justice Triple, we do not have a Poetic Justice Triple. Now we have a Poetic Justice Triple, and it is an apt name, if I do say so myself. Thank you. Um, But let's make it official. By having you take the Tribble Oath of Allegiance. All right, let's do it. So repeat after me. Okay. I am a Tribble Furry. I am a Tribble Furry. I am a Tribble True. I am a Tribble True. From the way I roll. From the way I roll. To the way I coo. To the way I coo. So shall it be said, so shall it be done. Justice is now officially and forevermore shall be known as Poetic Justice Tribble. There you go. And if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to find out about your your, your products and all that you have going down at the Black August Designs. They can check me out on Instagram at Black August Designs, all common spelling. Or they can check out my Etsy shop. It's Black August. So Etsy.com forward slash shop 
forward slash Black August. Nice, nice, nice. Thank you so much, Justice. Thank you. Thank you so much. I came in here like about two hours ago, and you sat down and you were eating some soup. And I said, okay, I'm going to get to her when she's finished her soup. Because I had my eyes on you, and I definitely wanted to talk to you. It's been a pleasure. It's the Bad Triple. It's Storm Triple here with me. Oh, you can get on the other side okay. there. All right. I was getting out the way. It's packed in here in Bassam. It's thick. It's, it's packed. It's thick in Bassam. It's like 5,000 people in here. Oh, my God. Almost. I had to kick a couple kids off my leg a couple minutes ago. And we are here with the uh, the organizer. This is the heartbeat of the Black Speculative Arts Movement. It is Crown Williams. Hey, Crown. Peace, peace. What up, what up though? <laughs> she takes me out with it. What up, though? So, it's a Detroit thing, even though I'm from the suburbs, but we front like we from Detroit when we out of state because y'all believe it. Anyway, facts. <laughs> how how has it been going uh, here at Temple? It's been going great. I feel blessed. Ray feel blessed. We hype about it. I seen a whole bunch of beautiful black people up in here. You know, I'm hype. There's a lot of people that have been happy to see what they've seen. They've never seen it before. They've never experienced black speculative life. So, you know, I'm happy about that. Now, what for some for some people they're going to see that and they're going to see you know you know black speculative art. What is black speculative art and why is it a movement? Well, black speculative art in my ghetto definition because like you want the smart, intelligent one, you got to go to Dr. Anderson. Uh, my version would be scientific art of melanated people. It would be futuristic art, art that tells more of a story that's not just literal. Okay. And why do you think it is so important for it to be out there in this space? Because I mean, you have to be, you have to understand that when when you want a culture to grow, you have to make sure that you cultivate the culture. You got to make sure that you're doing what you can as a person to make sure that culture gets reached to the mass. Mm -hmm. And it's important for the children to see what their books like, what their art looks like, uh, seeing their own selves represented by themselves. Because you can buy a whole bunch of Brian Michael Bendis comic books, but it's not written by somebody like that. So I don't care how black the person is on the cover, if somebody black didn't write it, somebody black didn't draw it, I have no interest in it, really. Really? Honestly. So you don't think... Okay, so you don't, do you not feel that anybody of another color cannot write another, you know, someone of a different color? Me personally, no. Me personally, I feel like the best representation is self, so. You know, I'm blackity black. You got somebody blackity black on your show right now, so. No, that's fine. You can be as yeah. black as you want. Go I'm right. blackity black. Yeah, wear the crown. Crown. Yeah. So. Nobody can tell my story, my lullaby, better than I can to my own child, so. Amen. All right. I own that. So what makes this, the Black Speculative Arts Movement, because this is not the first one. It was actually No, it's a, not. This is our one, third. Yeah. It's third. It was... Um, St. Louis and Toronto, then here, and the next one is in February in Texas at Prairie View A&M, my alma mater, HBCU in Texas. Okay. All right. So, so that, in fact, is a movement that you're Indeed. taking... Indeed. Taking all across the mm -hmm. country. Now, what makes... And abroad. And abroad. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you got eyes going... Mm -hmm. We just had Toronto last month. We have Barbados next year, Nova Scotia, Montreal, Israel, uh, Israel in January, I think. Nice. Okay. All right. Shoot. It is growing all by leaps and bounds and stuff. What makes this different from MeccaCon, which is like seems like be like 100% crown. 
Like that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. No, that is a good thing. I'm just saying. Well, what makes this? No, the MechaCon Center is mostly on black comics, black indie comics. I have to, you know, specify that black indie comics. Um, BSAM is Afrofuturism and black comics, where MechaCon is black comics and futurism and both feature the film festival so that would be the difference mecca kind no matter what is always in detroit because it's mecca the mecca all of that detroit is the mecca detroit is the mecca there is no other mecca but detroit indeed the muslim community actually calls detroit the mecca because that's where the next what 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 so see let me call my muslim people real quick let me call my five percenters and, and get them your name real quick so you have some problems up in here why well, i'm gonna have some problems because because I, they extra with it but why they gotta be extra with question. it i just asked a question uh-huh. don't back them up kennedy well, i just asked a question it's pursuit of knowledge is never yeah why is that a bad so thing you know, even got on. books because we they, like to read. Why are you getting teamed up on? You're not getting teamed up no, on? No, but Detroit, Detroit is Detroit. Detroit is D-Mecca, and Shauna Lee was the one that helped me with the with the name Mecca kind. Nice, nice. Yep. So um, let me ask you, why is this such a, um, um, kind of like, it seems like a passion of yours to get this, get have these stories, have these artists, have these creators, have the, have this these visions, these movies, these films, this music, uh, all of this put out there up front for people to see. Well, like I said earlier, like the main purpose is to cultivate my own community. You know, my community, no matter where I am, where I'm from, what I'm doing, my people are always, no matter what, and always gonna come before anything else. So but whatever where I can passion, do, where, where being a mother. Being a mother, yeah. I wanted to make sure my son had representation in the house that looked like him, Mm -hmm. where it was books that looked like him. Everything didn't have to be that, but I wanted to make sure that I had comic books inside the house that were written, drawn, illustrated, and self-published by people that looked like him. So when he grew up, he knew that if that was his choice, he could do that also. Was that a household? And know that he was, yeah, yeah, we very pan-African in my family. But, like, I wanted to make sure that he understood that he could also be a hero, not just if he had blonde hair, blue eyes. Right, right. And and this was that was a household that you grew up in. That's how your parents like. Indeed. You. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. What did your uh, your parents do? My mother was a doctor, and my father was a restaurant owner. Nice. That's cool. So, so was. And my mother was lieutenant colonel in the air force. Okay. Which is why I'm bossy. Bars. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, not wings. <laughs> so your, your father, yeah. your father, he was a restaurant owner. Yes, a seafood restaurant owner for 46 years. Yeah, what's the name of the restaurant? Original Fish House. The original on Fish House. On Seven Mile. Okay. All right. And your mom was a lieutenant colonel. Yes, in, in the, the Air Force. Force. Selfridge Air National Guard Base 927 Medical Squad. You got to say all that. Yeah. You, you do. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, are they still with us? No, my mother is, and my father is. Okay, that's mm-hmm. cool. I'm, I would imagine they're very proud of the success that you have had. I know my mother would be. She probably is now, which is why I work this hard. And I know my father is all the time. So, Let me ask you. I asked someone, um, you know, when they come to Philly, a lot of people, they tell them to get, like, cheese steaks. And yeah, I ain't got time for that. I look for, I look for blackity-black food. I look for Jamaican food, African food, Ethiopian food, mm-hmm. you know. I look for food of my people when I go out of state. 
is there it can cost five dollars three dollars thirty dollars i want to support my own black businesses when i travel like i do when i'm in my own city so if i was to go to detroit mm -hmm. and if i wanted to, to eat in detroit where should i go detroit vegan soul vegan soul what? detroit vegan soul. you don't have to be a vegan detroit vegan soul is good 1917 american bistro savannah blue list goes on is there anything is there any one thing that i can eat that's distinctly detroit a coney dog a coney dog mm -hmm. what's a coney dog hot dog chili onions mustard it's like a staple it's like a detroit staple okay right. from the land of time all right, a Coney dog. I gotta remember that. That's gotta... literally a staple for Detroit. All right, so that's what I'm gonna do. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm gonna do. All right, well, Crown, you a mess. As always, that's all day. As always, it is. I tried to keep a straight face this whole time, man. <laughs> it is an adventure and a pleasure. It should be. Thank you. I appreciate you. I really appreciate all of y'all because I know I'm a lot to deal with. I say that on every interview. Yes, I know I'm do. a lot to deal with. You too, and yes, you are. But... And I thank y'all so much. I do from the bottom of my blackity black heart. I appreciate <laughs> y'all. I'm, I'm taking blackity black now. You should. I'm gonna just. I'm just gonna put it out there and be like, hello. I'm a blackity should. black American. <laughs> it, it, you are it. a lot to deal with, but I don't mind it because I can tell that the passion is is real. So. It's all good. Well, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all rocking with us this whole weekend for B-Sam. I appreciate you asking us. Thank you. I thank y'all. Thank right. you so much. All right. We out. are... No, we're not out because I didn't ask you, Crown. I want to ask oh, you. Oh, I think I know where this is going to go. And this will be interesting. Because um, I have one already. We are celebrating mm -hmm. 75 years of Wonder Woman on our show. And I want no, no, because I know, because I want you to be real. You know I'm about to be black. And, I want, and that's what I want. I want you to be 100% real. Mm -hmm. So I want you to, to first tell me when did Wonder Woman first come into your. My Greg Creeper. That's what he Greg do. Creeper. Greg, Greg, he's just a creeper. He's a creeper. That's that, that's that word spider. He's a spider all up in his joint, spinning webs. That's what she do. She just interviewed Bomb, man. So, um,. You know, it's 75 years of Wonder Woman. I mm -hmm. want you to first tell me when did, if she ever did, Wonder Woman come into your life? Like the first time you came upon Wonder Woman. You don't want me to give you the honest answer. I want you to give me 100% honest. So when did Wonder, Wonder Woman first come into your... Uh, Wonder Center. Woman, I when I tell you, I'm like one of the very few people that don't know squat about Wonder Woman as far as comics and her show I promise you I don't I know who she really is so that's what I focus on and who is she really? Mayat she's a, she's a comedic god Mayat which is why she has wings why she has her symbol which is why she who she is so like the first year at MechaCon we did like two lectures based on the history and anatomy of you know all comic book characters who they are why they were developed who they actually represent you know, so I focus on I focus on that. Like I squad with Nubia, mm -hmm. but like you know, Wonder Woman doesn't get much of my time. And I know that's bad because sometimes I'm extra with my blackity blackness. And I know people are like, Ron, shut the, f you know. But it's just who I am. You know, my mother had an Afro my entire life, so you know, it's 
You know what I'm saying? My mom, you know, my her her afro was like colder than mine ever pretended to be. So like that's how I was raised. And she was like a super Christian. She was like super Christian African. She was like super African Christian. So you know, she was like all the way on both sides. So that's how I was raised to cherish who I was. So I didn't really read I didn't really read comic books like that when I was young. So Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. I can't name one episode of Wonder Woman, and I'm embarrassed to that, but at the same time, I'm not. No, that's fine. That's yeah. absolutely fine. I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate the real, and that's why I wanted to ask you. you know, I need the whole thing. Yes. Thank you. You know, I know Billy Joe Jaff and Sweet Susie Sunset, okay? You know, we own the case. I know them, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't grow up watching... Um, a lot of white culture. I watched MASH because my mother was in the military and you know, in the medical squad. So I watched stuff that related to who who my mother was. But it formed her. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So that's the type of stuff that I watched growing up. I didn't really watch Wonder Woman. Oh, well, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's part of that. I heard it's dope though. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.